I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Lott. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Yeah, Facebook Live. Facebook Live. MySpace. It's all, yeah, yeah we're on MySpace. MySpace. We're streaming live on MySpace right now. Tune yeah. in. And, uh, this is Labs Radio on Facebook, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. So if you're, I don't know, if you see this on my page, go tune into that too. Check that out. Right on, guys. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> oh, you go right ahead. Ge- gentlemen. Gentlemen. Sorry, I can't, I can't fuck with tradition. I Ladies forgot. and gentlemen. Par- pardon me. Dude, uh, tonight's a little bit of a special night because we've got a, a good guest, a good friend, a guy named Jeffro Provenzano, but a little bit of an impromptu. We also have a cool event going on this weekend. A, a lot of you know about the uh, fi- mm-hmm. flight extravaganza. So one of our uh, other organizers, Laura L-Dub, Little Blue, whatever you're going to hear it called tonight, use her real name when you meet her. Uh, she'll join us, maybe get tagged out by Meg. Uh, what you doing over there, girl? <laughs> I'm getting so Snapchatted. I <laughs> Does you anyone Snapchat anymore? I want the puppy dog ears. You use Snapchat. Oh, she's the youngest one. She knows the deal. Are people still do, using? Do any grown-ups use Snapchat in this room? Yeah, there's a whole I don't. You d- use your Snapchat still? No. Okay. No. I deleted it. Once Instagram came out with stories. Yeah. No need for Snap. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Got enough. And the stories, too many nudie pics. the stories disappear on Instagram too, right? Can yeah. you s- can you send a nudie pic on Instagram like you could on Snapchat? Yeah. yeah. Oh shit! Absolutely. <laughs> that was a quick yes, Meg. I've been missing it. Oh, you can story <laughs> your yeah. nudes. Okay, yeah. the public service quick announcement: delete. Do not story your nudes on Instagram. It's easy Unless to do. Apparently, dude, have you never Unless you're been? Looking good. Unless you're feeling good. Have you ever been on Instagram after you got out of the shower or you're sitting in the toilet, realizing, "Oops, I just almost recorded my poop." <laughs> I mean, have you? No, uh, yes. Mean, <laughs> you're just swiping through, and all of a sudden, you hit the wrong button with your thumb because you ain't paying attention. Uh, man, don't judge me. No, <laughs> don't no judgment. Judge me. No judgment. Just you that's know. like where I write most careful. of my posts, like on the toilet. Thank yeah. you. I mean, in the morning, it's like uh, kill instead of like first. reading the newspaper on the. T- I mean, you know. So mm-hmm. we got Jeffro in town <laughs> hanging out with us guys. Now we're talking about poop. Never happens on this show. Um, <laughs> dude, what's up, man? How you doing? Good. How you doing? Doing good, man. It's a little odd. A lot of times the guest shows up to our house about 15 minutes before we go live. You and I started hanging out last night, so a lot of the story and banter is... Uh, we told all the stories already. I got n- nothing left. You, 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 there's no way that's true. <laughs> no, no possible <laughs> But way, it's man. like, yeah, it's weird. It's like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, uh, good. I've just been hanging out with you for like the last five hours. Yeah. <laughs> so you're probably best known because you skydive for a team called Red Bull Air Force. Yeah. Who started Red Bull Air Force? Who 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 is there's a lot of you. Who is it? Well, it goes it goes pretty far back actually. Um our homie Othar Lawrence, aka OJ, who is a paraglider, he kind of started the Red Bull Air Force. He was a he and John DeVore, Charles Bryan, and Mike Vale, who were skydiving and base jumping on the side. Um Othar thought, like, hey, we should all get all these guys together, all these air sports together, and make an air force of, of multidisciplined air sports. So it kind of started with Othar, um, but on the skydiving side, it was, it was pretty much Charles Bryan, Mike Vale, and John DeVore. 
And Frank Gambale, too. But he, uh, he has Red Bull base jumper. But like, so, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, Frank was in that mix, too. But that was, that was, he wasn't around when the Air Force started. So it was pretty much. Yeah, and what, ye- what year did the skydiving portion of the Red Bull Air Force get together? Um, I want to say it's like mm, 2002. 2002, maybe the Air Force kind of like came together. And you and you became part of the team when? 2009. Okay. I always thought you'd been with the team longer than that. I don't, well, I don't know I why. Well, I kind of was just around those guys since 2000 and 2000. <laughs> you know? I was like around that for, I was always You there. were turning it down yeah. for a I couple was. years. I was a groupie. I was like, yo, come on, no, man. No, they were, weren't you turning it down? You're like, no, I don't want to join yet. Weren't you? Uh, I actually the first time, yeah. Well, no, you I were. didn't turn the team down. I t- yeah, kind of. I don't want to say I turned cool it down. Right. No, 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 no. I just I I was just busy. <laughs> I had a like I was I was it was like the peak of like the swoop competition oh, yeah, days. Yeah. That when I think is the peak, right? When it was like you had the Red Bull tour, the pro swooping tour, the European swooping tour. Then you just had like a bunch of other just like random swoop competitions going on at the same time. I mean, I was literally during that time. If you were swooping, you were going to a competition almost every weekend. You're doing 20 competitions a year at least. Uh, some of Sometimes going like Europe and then next weekend flying back to the States and then back to Europe and then back to the States. What, what year yeah. would you say that was? <sighs> I don't know. It all, I mean, that might have been more like 2005 What What wing are you flying in 2005 at all these comps? Uh, ca- chaos. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah <laughs> chaos. What's up? <laughs> So much fun. Dude, I was a chaos guy until like three years ago. That makes me so happy. That makes me smile. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah, until all these other like faster little fun toys came out. Like But for freestyle, dude, chaos is where it's at. It it you know only because I'm not great at doing freestyle and it was really forgiving for my terrible harness input, so it made me look good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I I think I learned all my freestyle on a chaos, but man, I got the Slaya now, I think. That thing is the freestyle machine. Really? Yes. What, uh, tell me about it. It's just it's just awesome. It's got it's all sale. It's an all sale Leia, basically. Mm-hmm. Is what it is, and it just has so much power. You just you're just swooping across the ground forever. You could like do whatever you want. You're like, oh, I got time to go backwards and forwards. That sounds like a lot of time for me to keep falling down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just love it. I love it so much. It's it's definitely the the machine. I think right now it's the my favorite wing what's your favorite freestyle trick to do uh, i think i think blind man's yeah like blind man variations like just variations of it you know like like what it hit me with a blind man variation i did a new one recently actually like it's not I, it's just a variation but i did i went blind to the to the right i went blind to the right and then i came out of it and i went blind to the left and then i stopped stopped slid to a stop backwards so this you gotta imagine this is always like this is Eloy grass. So, I mean, it's like the really nice landing area. So you could really just get your feet out behind you and you could slide to a stop going backwards. Like Do they so. water the grass throughout the day to keep it slippery? No, 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 no. So in the morning, you know, there's there's certain times of day, like, yeah, first, like maybe two, three jumps, you can get away with some nice ghost riders when it's a little slick. And then, and then yeah, once it starts getting a little dry and those dry spots pop up, you know, there's like a couple little dirt spots here and there. Those will stop you. They'll send you like for a nice super <laughs> unintentional Superman finish. You know? Beautiful. Yeah. In, in my brain, you invented a blind man. Is this is this right? It, no, I did not invent it. Who who started it? Uh, Luke Akins. Oh really? 
Yeah, it was really funny. I didn't know that. I would yeah, have connected yeah. that. Well, I mean, he took he he took it to uh, a, a swoop competition at the ranch, the Pond Swoop Nationals at the ranch one year, and basically, how how he came up with the idea is like basically watching people mess up and like like spinning backwards by accident when they like hit the water or whatever, and it was all out of control, and he noticed like. The canopy was still kind of flying straight when that guy was like twisted 180 in his harness going backwards across the water, completely out of control though, like unintentional. And he was like, hmm, maybe you could just do that intentionally, you know? So so he, he showed up and he did the first blind man. Um, and and I, I would say like I kind of maybe, I, I took what he did and then I kind of ironed it out. Did he win that competition? Mm, no, he did not. And I don't know Whoa. who did that year. <laughs> First blind man still doesn't win a competition. <laughs> well, it was just one round, one round out of, it, it was a one round out of, I think like uh. eight. So, I mean, he probably won that round. Him and Andy, Andy invented the ghost rider. Yeah. Um, which Family was feud. amazing because he, didn't he use pistols on the first one? Uh, that was the second year. Second first one. year, he just blew some kisses at the judges. That, yeah, so that yeah. got him, you know, <laughs> they're like, Ooh, I'm guaranteed Andy won that round for sure. Um, everybody was like, no way. Like you could do that. You could let go. Yeah. That's possible. Like on water, he's walking on water. You know, that was really cool. It was a nuts time. I, I think today, a lot of people know you for the Red Bull stuff, but man, the swoop scene back then, I, I'm with you. That was the heyday. That was dude. Heath Richardson. We were talking about him at dinner earlier. Uh, we were. Night. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I, Smooth. That kid was good. He, <laughs> he, was. he, knew, he knew he was consistent. His is consistent, smooth, yeah. and good. I mean, all the above. He, he's a talented pilot for sure. His he didn't jump for seven years. His recurrency jump back had probably one of the best swoops on the DZ. It's just <laughs> like, there you go. That's how you do that, boys. I'm rusty. Yeah. So, um, do you miss that swoop tour? Do you miss those days at all? Uh yeah, I, d- I do. Um, I do, and I don't because I. I mean, I remember sitting on the a helicopter one time. I was in Russia, like. I miss the days. I miss all the fun and yeah, the tour and the the people. It was really about the people during mm-hmm. that time too. I mean, you know, you, you just had like all these all the factory teams, you know, and and it was fun. I mean, we gave each other shit on a regular basis, but really behind the scenes, we were just like we're all you know all friends, right? Yeah, Scott yeah. having community, so it was a ton of fun. But I remember towards the end, I was like last year. I think it was like 2008. I was in Kolomna, Russia for a swoop comp and I just remember sitting on the helicopter and I was just like that's it I'm done I'm over this oh dogs are barking again Adam alarm uh, and I was just sitting and I, just, I was like I'm done I'm over this I'm like I'm just I don't know I just didn't I was over the emotional roller coaster ride of win lose win lose and like all you want to you know before you ever win a competition competition is so much fun it's like it's it's like the best learning experience and you're just there just having a blast and it's like this is great and then once you start getting a little taste you win a comp here you win a comp there it gets kind of like it only for me at least it was only fun if i started if i was winning you know and i it just it's just the, my, my mindset just completely shifted and i became very competitive in and it wasn't really like competitive against other people i just if i didn't win and i didn't do my best i was like really disappointed in myself and you know you were just and you were just on needles the whole time during the comp you know it's just like oh god 
you know, until it was over, until that last round, you know, because like anything could change at any moment. I mean, I, I remember competitions where like dudes would be like in last place and then all of a sudden they're like, you know, at the top of the charts and you're like, how did he have that comeback? So, it, you know, competitions are never over until they're over and you can be in first place the whole the whole time and then just lose it. And, you know, I guess that's like anything. That's like in racing. You could lose it in the last lap, right? And, you know, but because skydiving is so different, you know, you have like the time in between these jumps, you know, the performance time is so short and then you have like, are we losing power here? Yeah, the lights are going off, man. A light bulb burnout. You know, it's like different. Like if you're racing motocross or something, you're kind of like in that zone constantly, constantly, constantly. Like, oh, you might lose it at the last lap, but you're just constantly in that zone. And skydiving, it's like you do your jump, and then you and then you got like two hours until you perform again. <laughs> you know, yeah. so you're just like you're sitting on the ground, just like biting your nails. Like, oh god, oh god, I'm in first place right now. Or I'm like, damn it, I'm in like fifth place. I need to climb up. Like. Okay, he needs to do this. He, that guy needs to do that. All right, uh, I need to just. And then you're always just trying to remind yourself, like, okay, forget about what they're doing. I just need to do my best right now. Like, and I was like, oh, I always would. I would always try to come back to like making it a competition against myself, and just try to like block out some of the external stuff, you know. But it, from round to round to round, it was like I would just go crazy <laughs> inside my head. Excuse me. Sorry. Have you only competed in swooping, or have you done other uh, skydiving disciplines also? Uh, a little bit. I dabbled in some others, but I mean mainly just swooping. Yeah. Wh what else did you try? I uh, did some free flying early, back early in the days. Um, like VFS stuff or artistic stuff? It was three-way artistic. Okay. So, yeah. Two Do flyers we, and a camera guy. When was that? That was uh, like 2000, 2000. It was Who were you flying with? Miles Dasher and Steve Blinko. Yes, <laughs> we're yeah. the we're the Lake Tahoe Dust Devils. Okay, yeah, it, man, I, I I was a fun jumper until er, till early two thousands, like 02, and so uh -huh. I started working in the sport. I was a free flyer, and I actually followed who everybody was, kept track. I remember that team. Yeah, dude, as a swooper, I think I knew you more than anything else. You were good at all of it, but freestyle that was always been your cup of tea. That was always your bag. Yeah, Miracle Man doing different tricks, different ways. Um, it, freestyle has kind of died, and it's it's made. Don't a say that. No, it's made a resurgence, but oh. it's coming <laughs> back, right? But it was it was know. still out there for a while. As these freestyle comps come back up, have you thought about getting back at it? Competitively, no, no, don't have that bug anymore. No, but I was re I'm really looking forward to swooping the pond this weekend here. I brought I brought my water shoes. I got these <laughs> Ultima boots. They're they're not boots. They're all they're Ultima shoes. Uh huh. But Ultima is a boot company mainly, and they they just made these awesome shoes. They're kind of like, um, kind of like Chuck Taylor style shoes, and they got drain they got they drain water out of them. So I was like, I was so stoked to just go get these things wet and let them drain out. With, and you would like them because you don't like wet feet, right? I hate wet feet, man. Yeah. So these would be perfect for you. Like <laughs> they got these little holes on the side, like real. It, it's centered real low, and way up in the front where you would like squish all the water out, and it just like. It would just drain out these holes. And they're super cool. They're black multicam. I was so stoked to like use them here. Did you bring a pair for all of us, Jeff? No, I only brought one pair. I have I have <laughs> I, I was gonna bring two <laughs> pairs. Dress you everywhere what we a go. mean question. <laughs> I know. Did Laura, you, did you bring a pair of shoes for everybody? You know also? what? It, little blue, I if you sandwiches. want <laughs> I will send you a pair of shoes. If I will get everybody in here a pair we'll of shoes. See. Yeah, to be fair, last time Let we hung out he brought us all clothes. So Jeff is the best. <laughs> yeah. I can give him I don't know about that. He's like Jeffro Claus. 
A Jeff Rook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. man, my pants. I'm wearing these are your pants. <laughs> oh, they are. Did you oh my god. They are your dude, pants. they're super comfy, man. They, they work out he super well. You took them out of your suitcase earlier. Lululemon ABC. Dude, Ruru Rimmon. Ruru yeah. Oh man. Um. That's oh, funny. Oh, I lost track. I want to talk about a video. We we talked about this uh, when you were on the LMB uh, live <laughs> broadcast, also. Oh, but it was a video that I was super blown away by to know that this was your first shot at trying to do this of of landing on the back of the jet ski. <laughs> oh yeah. Where did that happen at? Texas. Here. That was in Texas. Yeah. Where at? Possum Kingdom Lake. I was there. Little Blue was there. She was there. I yeah. Was there. Yeah, what what right. was the event for that uh, was, was going on? It was uh, Red Bull Cliff Divers. So these like insane athletes that basically jump off of a 100-foot platform and do like quad flips. It, pretty crazy. Like so, some of the most Jesus. impressive like athletes I've ever met, actually. Yeah, my boy, Kulturi, Dave Kulturi. He's the man. This dude, I mean, the, I get to work out with some of these guys and train with them at the High Performance Gym in L.A. And these guys Is this just, a Red Bull gym? It's it's a it's a gym it's a facility at Rebel headquarters yeah it's a high performance uh, training facility at Rebel headquarters it's it's super cool and these guys are like Cirque du Soleil level athletes that Did you get to play with yeah, some of them yeah some of them Dave is for sure like this dude is and he started skydiving he's got like fifty jumps now too he's gonna be if he if he can make more time for skydiving because he's so busy training and when he's not training himself he coaches people he coaches others uh, diving he's uh, coach, I think at UCLA at the at the pool there, um, but yeah, these guys are he's incredible. So you're there watching these crazy gymnasts <laughs> do their flips into the water. Who comes up with the idea of uh, landing on the jet ski? So, the, actually, the guy <laughs> riding the jet ski he comes up to me the day during the day, and he's like, um, he mentions it. He's like, oh, dude, you should land on on my jet ski. And I was just like, I kind of laughed at him. I was just like, why did you laugh? I was just like, yeah, whatever, dude. Like, ah, you're never like. First like of all, he, he he's not a skydiver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he doesn't skydive. So I'm like, all right, well, you're not a skydiver. You don't really know how these parachutes work and like what you're looking at and what you're watching. And then I'm like, and we never practiced this, you know. And then that night we're hanging out, hanging out with Little Blue actually, and Sean McCormick, right, and Miles Dasher. Maybe who was there that year? Miles was there. It was me, you, and Miles, yeah. and Sean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we we're hanging out, and it kind of he it got it got into my head. It got into my head that night, and I just kept thinking about it, and I was like, "Man, that'd be really cool, actually." And and I decided that night, I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna wake up early. I'm gonna go find that dude. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna find him. I'm gonna go there early, and we're just we're just gonna talk about it and see what we can come up with." And and that's what I did. I went there, I found him, hopped on a jet ski, and um, I was like, "All right, let's just you know, let's just run through this a little bit." <clears throat> I kind of showed him the line, and you know, just talked him out, like talked talked him through like what it would, what it was gonna look like, and it, what angle I'd be coming in at, and like, you know, how the canopy would be like coming in fast and then kind of slowing down. And had he seen you fly your parachute at all a before? A couple this? times because these guys. It's a uh, these guys work for Red Bull. They're, they set up a lot of the for some of their other events too, like Flugtag, and there's a few Red Bull events that these guys show up for, and they they build out like all the infrastructure for it. So like the the platform that the divers were jumping off of, these guys build that out. So they're out there for like weeks before this event even goes off. They're they're 
out there building stuff. But they haven't spent a lot of time watching high-performance parachute landings. No, no. I mean, he's literally seen me, like, land on a flugtag barge probably, you know, a handful of times over a decade. Okay. (laughs) You know? So, and he's probably seen a couple of the other Air Force guys come in swooping in, and he's probably watched it 20 times live, not thinking about, like, oh, I'm going to pick you up on a jet ski. So, so... You told him uh, when you're talking about the angle that you're coming in on, like, are you telling him about the turn you're going to do and about what it looks like when you're recovering? And Yeah, pretty much talked to him all the way through the entire thing. I'm just on the back of the jet ski and I'm like trying to trying to make it as real as possible. I'm like telling him to hammer down on it, you know, and I'm like, okay, slow down, slow down, slow down, you know, like I'm probably going to probably going to land right about here. This is this is this, we had like a, a 50 yard line that we were aiming for. You know, so I, I told him like start in one at the end zone, hammer down to the fifty yard line. You're gonna catch me there. Then we'll just like, then when once I'm on, you can do whatever you want. You, I can kite the canopy, just keep going. And I think he was so like when it did happen, he was so amazed that he caught me. He, he was just like, what? He just I wanted him to keep going. I was like, go 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 go, and he just came to a stop. <laughs> he was just like, oh my god, I can't believe I just caught you. It looked like a pretty uh, congested area where he was hanging out. Was it uh, was it hard for you to spot him? No, no. It was. I mean, it was congested. There's like, I mean, how many boats are out there? Little blue, you've seen it. Probably like a hundred and something boats. But yeah, but there's a little lane for where the jet skis are. Yeah. So there's no one near him. He had a yeah, yeah. Clear there's area, like a big and then area. there's this line of all these boats lined up to watch the high divers. I think a hundred, <laughs> really. I I mean I, I exaggerate sometimes. A thousand. I I mean I was gonna say thousands. Of I don't boats. think I think hundred is being modest. I've seen the pictures. Yeah, doing I think research. Like yeah, thousands of boats. I don't know I about thousands. Hundreds for sure. I don't know how to count. Let's say five hundred. <laughs> a shitload of boats. Okay, five hundred. There were at least a million. That's what everyone's been saying. A million boats. A Brazilian. A <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, like I just uh, like five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so were were you as who was more surprised you or him that it had actually worked out? Um, I don't think we we're. I don't know. I was just stoked because everybody everybody went bananas. I mean, I could hear like I do a lot of demos. I never heard like people go that crazy. Before. I mean, it was it was intense. I I could hear people just horns going off. I mean, it was loud. You usually don't hear that when you just land in front of somebody. I mean, you get a little, you know, people clapping. Yeah. I mean, people were, and I'd look, and when I like, when afterwards, when I looked around and I remember like looking out at both people, you could just see like genuinely they were like more pumped up than I was even. You know what I mean? Like people who just watched that and witnessed it, they were, they were going crazy. You get that reaction that you see at like a, like an NBA dunk contest where it's like, oh. Oh, and everyone runs around. It, it, yeah, I've never been to an NBA. It's crazy because you, <laughs> you, you don't watch the NBA dunk party. contest highlights on the internet. Uh, no. Oh think, my god, dude, it's amazing. Oh, I man, haven't okay. seen it live, but uh, it's hilarious to watch people. Well, that's kind of was I. We, I dunked though. And Hell yeah. Everybody, yeah. And <laughs> so you've you've done a lot of demos. Do you have a, a favorite demo that stands out? Like one that was cooler than all the rest? That one was probably a really cool one. Um, favorite demo. Yeah, there's so, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of demos. 
What's that's, a lot? That's like, that's like I've, somebody asking you. I've done you, a couple dozen. What's your favorite skydive you ever did? And Gosh, it's like, uh, I mean, yeah, there are a handful that come to mind, yeah. but yeah, it's a hard question. It's a tough question. <laughs> how do you answer this? You how, how many demo jumps do you think you have? Take my sister on a tandem, by the way. My favorite skydive. Uh, I mean, on a b- busy year, we're doing thirty a year plus. Uh, and some of those demos, you're doing multiple jumps into a demo. So I, I don't know if you count all of you know. Is a demo a jump or is I it an event? I think you count per jump. I would, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it jump. could be like on For a sure. busy year, maybe yeah. like 40, 50, 50 in a year. I mean, we show up to air shows. You do like three or four jumps, maybe five, six. If you're doing two jumps a day and the air show is three days long, that's six jumps. How, how about like demo? EDC. We would do like, you know, two jumps in a night into EDC. Um, What's EDC? Electric Daisy Carnival in Las Vegas. It's like one of the largest, like, <laughs> uh, it's amazing. A little bit over here in the corner, just started hugging her knees and rocking like she's about to rave out on some candy. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what we jumped into. I mean, people are either out yeah. of their minds at this place. It's amazing, though. It's cool. And that we description like was pretty midnight good. Midnight, and we were jumping at like 3 a.m. into this thing. Oh, dang. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are. Raging. That's past my bedtime. It's way past. <laughs> this is past yeah, my bedtime. It's already past my bedtime. Yeah. What are you talking about? Holy like, cow, yeah, dude. Yeah, I've been going to bed so early. Nick turns into pumpkin. You're lucky I'm on Arizona time, so it's only like 6.49. What about the hairiest landing area for a demo where you looked and someone had this idea and you're like, <sighs> uh, that might not be possible, but we're okay. going for it. You know, it's really funny because I was just talking about this with Luke Akins. We're in downtown LA, and this is one of the coolest demos actually ever. Now that I think about it, this is actually really cool. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with L.A. at all. Uh, Olive and Fifth Street. There's, what's the name of the hotel? The Roosevelt Hotel. We were staying at the Roosevelt Hotel on Olive and Fifth Street, and they had one of those soapbox, race, soapbox races going on, mm-hmm. Red Bull soapbox race. So it goes down a couple of hills, and it finishes. The finish line is basically on Olive and Fifth, and the hotel that we're staying at is on Olive and Fifth. And this is... This is right next to the tallest building. Well, not now. I think it's the second tallest building now in L.A., but tallest build, the second tallest building is right across the street. And I mean, it's just downtown L.A. Like, I don't know how to describe <laughs> that, really. I gear up in my hotel room. This is, like, the best part of it, too. Like, for me, I was like, this is so exciting. I get fully geared up in my hotel room. I go knock on Luke's door, like, next door down or whatever, I'm like, hey, you ready? He's like, yeah, let's go. And uh, we walk down the hallway. We open another door. We walk up a couple more flights of stairs up to the helipad on the roof. And there's our helicopter sitting there. We're like, sweet. <laughs> That's like the easiest. You're like, commu- can this be every day? <laughs> yeah, this is like this the is easiest like commute. Some James Bond shit already. <laughs> this is like the easiest commute ever. Yeah, totally. I'm like, oh, yeah. my God. So we're on the roof. And the, the winds are kind of not favorable. And our ground crew, o- Othar Lawrence the founder of the Rebel Air Force, he's standing in the landing area. And there's like all these hay bales for like the soapboxes to like crash into down there. And he's throwing straw. He's throwing hay up into the air. And it's just like complete 180, like just nuking in the landing area the other way. I wouldn't say nuking, but pretty stiff wind. (laughs) Opposite direction. We're up on the roof. We're like, yeah. And Luke and I are like, yeah. Yeah, no, we're not jumping. We, We decided. We're like, we're not jumping. But, you know, we always go through the motions, right? Because, I mean, if you don't go to the, through the motions, I mean, it, oh, the clouds, you know, we're not going to... No, you get in the plane, you look for a hole, you try to do what you do until it's like jump time and you can't jump. 
then you don't jump. You don't call it before. So we're like, let's just go through the motions. We got to take off in the helicopter, at least off the rooftop of the hotel, at least. Like, got to. Got to do that. So, so that's what we did. And the whole time in the helicopter, we're like, yeah, we're not jumping. No way. No way. And I remember the pilot's like, you know, 30 seconds. They're like, okay, yeah, definitely. No, not jumping. <laughs> 30 seconds. It's like, we start climbing out because we're like, we're, we're not jumping though, right? And like, yeah, no, just going through the motions. Like, cool. <laughs> and it's literally like 10 seconds. Like, cool, not jumping. And the pilot's like, and we're just three, two, one. And I, we both just let go. <laughs> and I'm like, and I remember that feeling. It was like the same feeling I had when I did my first skydive, that tandem skydive. And I saw that I could see the plane falling away from the plane and just being like oh my god <laughs> like that's it you're committed now like you're just jumping into the void right into this vast like space i just i had the same feeling and i roll over and i just look at downtown and i'm like there is i mean the best chance to land anywhere else was the rooftop of like a helicopter pad which if you've ever been on top of a helicopter pad on top of a roof it's like, it's not like the nicest, prettiest. That would have been the sketchiest landing area of my life, for sure, if I if we actually landed on the rooftop of one of those. What, what canopy are you flying? Uh, Spectre 120, okay. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Spectre 120. Might have been 130. No, it was a 120. I had a 120 at the time. And Luke, Luke had a little bit of a larger canopy, which was actually worse because of the winds, like, it was so much more victim to wind in that situation. At least the 120, okay, you can cut through some of it, but it wasn't like you were coming in mocking and you didn't know what to do with all the speed and you didn't need this like huge, the landing area wasn't big. We're landing in an intersection that's surrounded by street lights hanging over everything too. So the LZ was tight. The conditions were gnarly. There's nowhere else to go. <laughs> it was like stick it or, you know, I don't want to say it, but stick it or die, like type <laughs> thing, right? It was like, oh my god, I was so, I was like one of the like scariest jumps ever in my life for sure. And the whole time, man, I mean, I remember like clearly even coming in on final and just like I could still feel my heart like just racing and pounding inside, and like I stuck it, and Luke stuck it too. Barely, Luke barely said, like, he was gonna overshoot. No, I could read his mind. So I landed first, and I was like, okay, like, oh my God, like, we are going to party, like, right after he lands. Like, this is just, get me a Rebel Vodka. Um, but Luke has to land first still. And here he comes, and I could see it. He's, he's catching a little bit more wind than he expected. Like, big canopy he's just kind of like victim to the wind and i see him and it looks like he's gonna overshoot and i can see i can see his thoughts like and i'm like he's gonna go up for to his rears he's gonna stall he's just gonna stall it on his rear so he doesn't he's he'll rather i know he'll rather stall it and land on his ass than like go crashing into people right and i can see him i can see him like coming in flaring hands about to go up to the rears and then like nope he's got this and he stopped, like, closer than me sitting to you right now. Like, literally two feet to the edge. He kind of did, did, did a couple steps, stopped, and his parachute fell over. 
like a sea of, I mean, it was like a, a defined crowd and just like mob of people, right? And parachute was like, boop. And it just landed, <laughs> landed on everybody's heads. And the dudes, the guys that were standing right in front of him just went bananas, like jet ski landing banana <laughs> style. Because like, like, they thought this was all part of the plan, they I'm sure. Thought he was oh, like, yeah. They're like, they, they have no it. idea. Yeah, they nailed it. Like, this dude just landed right in front of us. Oh, my God, this is amazing. Red Bull is amazing. <laughs> you know? Like, they just went crazy. So... Whew, did I'm like reliving that. I'm like, I need to like time, man. turn the AC on, man. Did, did part of you kind of wish that you had hung onto the helicopter and just watched him fall off? <laughs> Never occurred <laughs> to me, actually. Yeah. Like, it's just funny that you say both of you just kind of went, you know? And it was like, yeah. What if one of you didn't? You know, well, okay. So Luke and I have been teammates for many, many years, way before Red Bull, too. So it's like we, you have that, that ESP thing going on, too, mm. you know, in those moments. So I mean, and we're we're talking like talking a lot of years. I mean, at the time, I mean, we probably already were teammates for twelve years, you know, you at that time. And now it was already like that's like six or seven or eight years ago, right? You guys started yeah. together on Precision as a team. Uh, no, actually, Luke came onto our team. It was originally it was TJ, TJ Langer, yeah, 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 T, Andy Farrington, um. Myself, it was you know it wasn't really a team. I mean, it wasn't Team Chaos. What it was a bunch of people sponsored by Precision at the time. Yeah. Shaylin was on it. It was it was like Shaylin Allman. Um, uh, man, now I'm like blanking out on who else was. You're, I mean, this is going back. You're like really testing my memory here. No, man, it's uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> that's a real me- test of memory. But the original team was. Luke, because the only thing was Luke was flying, Luke was flying velocities for a little bit in the beginning, and yeah. then I remember we got him over onto a chaos because it made sense. It was like Andy, Luke, their cousin. I mean, it just made sense. And but the first couple of years, first couple of years of competing, Luke was still flying a velo. Yeah, and you guys were always together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, getting him switched over. Yeah, you've actually got to play and hang out with Luke a lot. And one of the things that Luke gets asked a lot about, and it really is interesting, I got to help with an interview with him for that uh, stride gum jump. (laughs) But to me, what's interesting is I recently got to hear you tell your version of the story. Oh. And I've never really thought about, we were hanging out in Chattanooga, not not Chattanooga, um, Dallas. Thank you, man. And you're just talking about leaving and pulling and watching him. I never thought about that, man. Knowing, there goes my homie, without a parachute, see you later. Yeah. You know, you feel very comfortable and confident about it. You know what he's gone into. Um, how much of that story can you share? Are you willing to talk about? It? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can tell you all of it. Man. I can tell you some funny things about that thing too. You guys did a lot of practice jumps. I I didn't do well, that I mean, many. I tried. I mean, I did a few with Luke. We I probably did like fifteen, twenty jumps over a simulated like version of the net with light, just uh-huh. the light system. Enough to know that. Trying to track around in the sky and stay stationary, like completely over one point in the sky when you just got like wind. It's not like you're in a wind tunnel and you got walls around you and you could just like, oh, I can see if I'm moving two inches. It's like by the time you moved in the sky, you just moved a couple hundred feet (laughs) across the ground and now you're outside of the net. Like there's no references. So you're, it's really, really difficult to. So like, oh, just fall down straight. It's like, yeah, that would be easy if there was no wind and if there was no wind, if wind did not exist, 
that would be a lot easier. But even still, just to because your reference point is, I did we did one practice jump at Kapowson from twenty something thousand feet high altitude one with O two and everything. So you're like four or five miles away from your reference point. Like how accurate, you know? And then and then and then when you you start getting lower, you start to make those adjustments. It's really hard to not like over adjust you know like oh my god i'm outside the net stick your legs out and all of a sudden you're like in a full track going forward and you don't really have a reference like stop so they're like there was different tools the light system was also a an audible system that told you your ground speed but all it did was tell you a number five six five eight fifteen eight twenty didn't tell you what direction it just told you that's how fast you're moving across the ground so it was an audio voice it was a fly sight is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> okay, quite possibly. Quite possibly. I, I, does it do that? I didn't know. Fly side. I know they can report different things to you. Okay. Like light slope. It you, might have been a fly side. You can program it to be Samuel L. Jackson's voice saying snakes on a motherfucking plane. That's funny. You, you can change the files to be whatever you want. It I guess to be. I got to play around with one more. But yeah, man. Um, but yeah. So it's it's not you know it's a lot way more. I did enough jumps to realize. That you, okay, so I was his backup guy, actually. If something happened to the backup guy, meaning on paper for the production, they were like, okay, we're going to invest all this money. What if Luke gets in a car crash a week before and we're, we have a live spot, one hour live spot on TV with millions of dollars invested in this? What's our, what's our plan B? You're the vice like, president. Jeff Rose, our plan B. <laughs> you know, it came down to a point where I was like, I was like, okay, the jump is in three weeks. I did 10 jumps over the net. I'm like, Luke, don't get in a car accident. You probably like wrapped <laughs> him up in like bubble wrap and protected him for the last three weeks. Don't get hurt, dude. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. <laughs> like, don't do anything. You got to do a jump. Like, um, no, I probably would have just, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it did get to a point at the very end where I just, I, I didn't do, if I had, if I had to replace him for some reason, like, no way. No way would I have done that jump. Yeah. When you practice, the first time you tried to open up, because basically you guys are falling and opening up lower to, mm. to guesstimate where you're at. How close were you on the first try? Did you get it? Over the net? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I was like, all, so the, the game with the lights, all white, you're all right. All red, yeah. you're dead. Or you don't even need all red. Any red. Any red, you're dead. Yeah. I was red. I don't think I was ever all white. On, on like the, I'm not even joking. Like on not like on the, one. Yeah, and I don't even know if I did 20. Maybe on the 15 jumps I tried, I was dead all the time. Damn, dude. <laughs> uh, he looked me st straight in the eye when he said that. I felt kind of creeped out, man. I'm but, sorry, man. Yeah. I'm alive. I'm right here. All right. This is just like game world. <laughs> this is like training, simulated, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the reset not simulated. Button but style. Yeah, do over another quarter, you know. How many times did Luke get over there. he did about a hundred consecutive That's successful i forget exactly the number i just remember a hundred in my head it was about a hundred i just averaged it out um a hundred successful all white all right low openings above the light system when you say low openings do you know how high he was pulling thousand feet okay yeah low pull waiver um so for anybody who's like, oh my god, he broke through. No, there's no rules broken. <laughs> you know, my favorite part of watching him do that jump was watching him do a handle check. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. so funny, dude. 
yeah. such a good shout out to real skydivers. Totally. You, know, you got you to know they're going to be watching. Totally. And that's like, exactly what his intentions are. Yeah, that's perfect. Like nobody else. I mean, yeah. Anybody who's not a skydiver, I don't know what that was about at all. But every skydiver saw that. That was cool. Yeah, 100%. It was funny to listen to the crowd and see on, on social media people saying he did it on purpose or he <laughs> did it by instinct or he didn't like it was there was arguments out there to whether he did it I on even purpose heard or not. someone say man he really had a rig on beneath his shirt and he was checking his handles yeah i heard all those oh really <laughs> yeah. i think oh. he did it kind of like as a little well i know he did it as a little like yeah. shout out to the skydivers but also just for his own like mental sake it was like just something you know it's why he did the flip to you know like just something to just kind of Settle him a little bit. Yeah, just like make it fun, yeah. take some of the nerves away, and just kind of like, you know, hit that, that reset button in his brain. Adam talked to him, uh, you know, Adam Buckner, talked to him on an LB interview uh, about it, and that's exactly that's the things he said. It was a shout-out. It was intentional. It gave me something to do. It gave me something to have a little bit of fun with. Yeah. And, dude, I'd be so neurotic at that moment, man. I, I just left an airplane without a parachute. I have to perform 100%. Yeah. I mean, I bet you that is it. <laughs> and, and you say that, though, and he didn't hit the dead center of the net, and he was asked about that. It was it was entertaining to hear or interesting to hear, and it makes sense. He's like, dude, I can move and try to get 100% or know what I got is good. You know what? He hit the fucking net. Dude, <laughs> I'm impressed as shit, and I like his mindset. That's what he did. Like, what I got is everybody good. Everybody like, he hit the net. Job done. So scary to watch. Of all the job s- silly things I've you seen, that one just freaked me out. Well, you want to go do it, you know, if you want to, like, go do it, then go find a sponsor to throw, like, you know, millions of dollars into it and build a million-dollar net and figure it all out. And do I, I, I got some funny... I got a funny story, actually, I want to share about this whole thing because there's something... I... <laughs> there was a point in that jump I was like, oh, my God, I hope I don't mess up this jump for Luke. <laughs> So we're sitting in the plane on the ride to altitude. I think it was, I forget if it was 23,000 feet or 25,000 feet, but it was 20 something, 20 something thousand feet. And I'm breathing my oxygen and we're like almost at jump altitude and my oxygen bottle is like out. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like sipping on air. I'm like, oh, oh God. I was like, am I? I started getting like super worried. I'm like, live television. There's no, there's no like, hey, oh, we need like uh, do over. And I'm like, I can't like bring this up in the plane. I'm like, Luke's got his own things to be thinking. I'm like, you know, he's in his zone. So I'm just kind of like, kind of sitting in the in the front of the plane. I was like sitting way up by the pilot. I'm like sitting in the front of the plane, just like. Like sipping on this air, like, oh my God. All right. Like, can we get to jump run already? Like, we need to do this. I gotta get out of this plane. And oh, and meanwhile, so the live air to ground uh camera system that we were jumping also stuffed into my free fly suit with this battery pack. The whole time <laughs> I thought it was like stabbing me, like a, a corner, like a sharp corner of the battery or something, kept poking me in the ribs, and I was like, What? What? Ow, oh, it's this. It actually was, I got a scar right there. It actually was arc, I was getting electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, I was getting electrocuted. It was going in and out. I had two, there only one, only one dot scarred. 
Um, but there was a, an entrance. It was like a little, little arcing through me, I guess. I, I don't know. Did that's you even talk to the person who rigged this battery up for you? Nah, man. Thing? By the time we landed <laughs> and Luke just landed in a damn net, I did yeah, not Yeah, I guess care. you're I, happy you, enough. You could have been like, I was like, who cares? I never even thought about it again until like way later. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. That's right. And I had like two scars and two yeah. scabs there. Two, like It was like two like mini, like almost like someone put a cigarette butt out on my skin in two spots. So I had that going on. So I'm like, ah. Uh, the whole time in the plane, I'm like, why is this so uncomfortable? Why is this battery poking me? Because it felt just like sharp. And I was like, why is this poking me? This? And then I'm like, sipping on this O2, like, like, don't go out. Don't go out. Like, <laughs> I got like, I got this live air to crowd video to shoot. And it went out. Luke was like, ready, set, go. I don't even remember if he said ready, set, go. I just remember him going. <laughs> and it was... My O2 was done, and I was like, thank God. I was like, all right, as I can be in free fall. I can manage this. This part I can manage. But, you know, chasing Luke around the sky when he's just, like, focused on trying to fly over a net, that's like chasing, like, an out-of-control student. You know, he's like, going this way, going that way, going this way. Like, unpredictable. Like, he's not looking at you. He's looking at the net, and he's going forward and backwards and side-siding this and that, and... And you're just like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's just yeah. like <laughs> Man, it's so hard to imagine the the accuracy of like the the spot even. And it's like ah, know, the you, spot didn't really matter though. But I mean just just when I think about a normal skydive and when I think about what it means to be over the drop zone. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Space yeah. land's pretty big, you know. And so like and I'm not over the drop zone very often. Like when it, when I, there are a lot of places I could be where I feel like I'm right on top, you know. And any one of those spots is way more area than this tiny net that he had to hit. And it's like, but you know, in some of the practice jumps, we did one, I did one together. I think the high altitude one we did at Kapowson, I think we got away, we got out pretty far out. I want to say, I want to say a mile, but I think it was like, I think that, I don't think it was that far, right? but it was far. It was like tracking jump to the net. And, and we made, it was like no problem. Really? Yeah. yeah. So you do have, I mean, unless the winds are like, you know, 90 miles an hour up there, which in, in that case, we, he would have never jumped. There was definitely like wind limits to the jump for sure. Do you still have a personal wind limit? Yeah. What, what, and what, what's the number for you? Uh, I mean, it's not really a number. It's just like, it's usually like a lot less than most people. Well, <laughs> put it that way, though. The the only reason I ask is I'm not the last man jumping. We, put it that way. We've had uh, some some winds this year and some weather this year, and it never ceases to amaze me the people with a very limited amount of experience who are still so willing and eager to go when the people with thousands of jumps are the ones sitting down saying, "No, it's not." It's, it's not it's good. Always, that's always me. I remember doing the swoop competitions. We'd be at like Paris Valley doing swoop competitions, and it's like. Hey, the professional swoopers are on a wind hold, <laughs> and the, and the drop zone over there was still set, you know they're still jumping into the main landing area over there. It's like, wait, the guys that are like, bro, I got fifty jumps, you know, really who I good. Am? <laughs> <laughs> just all decided they're not the jumping fittest. anymore, and people are still going for it. I, you know, it's just part of the learning process, I guess. You know, you just, you know, it's it's it. You know, I've jumped in super super strong winds. I, you know, and. Sometimes I post something on social media. I'm like, oh, it's a windy day. And people are like, send it, damn it. You know, you get these comments. And I'm just like, oh, man, I probably have more jumps in those winds than you have jumps. Like, 
Like, I don't need to jump in those winds anymore. Like, I don't want to. Like, why? What's the point? Like, you know, don't. I mean, there's a better day. The oldest saying in skydiving is like one of the best ones is like, you know, it's better to be on the ground wishing you were in the air than being in the air wishing you were on the ground. And that is so true. And until you like do experience that a bunch of times, shitting in your pants under canopy, <laughs> going like, oh my God, I want to be on the ground. Do you remember <laughs> the first time that you had that feeling? Let go of the helicopter. The first time? No. <laughs> Because I know I've had that feeling more <laughs> than once. Just let go of the helicopter right over. <laughs> you remember yours? I Yeah, I'm sure I've talked about it on the show before. But I remember it really well of like, oh, man, this is what they meant. Because <laughs> I should not be up here. And they let me do it anyway. I mean, it's, especially when there's like, just because an airplane's going, it seems, you know, as a new jumper, it seems like, oh, well, they wouldn't let me go if it wasn't good to go right now yeah, right tandems Which are still jumping think. go you would think that. tandems are still going <laughs> tandems are sitting down and i'm still going oh even we, a tandem. yeah, yeah the, wow that's that's next level i mean because the tandems will usually push it because they're like the money makers right so they're, they're instructors like, who skydive every day they're the professionals who do it a <laughs> hundred times a week in some cases and they're stopping but you're good enough congratulations yeah, yeah that's a good one <laughs> man um you you uh, say you learn as you grow up through the sport, and a lot of people will look at a skydiver at where he or she is at today and think, oh, that's so cool. And every now and then I'll sign a logbook with my license number. And a new jumper goes, you got an A license? I'm like, yeah, I started skydiving too, you know. it's We're, we're all there. Yeah. But I don't think people always realize where we came from. And for you, it's your story is a fun one because every day I hear of this young jumper dreaming and aiming and trying to do something. And sometimes people support him and sometimes people look down on him. But you were one of those kids who started and just worked your way through the sport. Where did you start jumping at? I started jumping in New York at the ranch. Yeah. Yeah, Gardner, New York. But I feel like my story is kind of similar to like most people in the sport in, in, in a lot of ways. Like a lot of people with, you know, 10, 20,000 no, no. skydives. It's similar but to us, but to a lot of these new jumpers, they've never heard your story. They, they oh. just know Jeffro is this Red Bull guy. Yeah, yeah. They don't know Jeffro the Packer. Oh, before the pack, I was Jeffro art school. Jeffro, do like maybe one jump a week if I was lucky. Jeffro, get out of Manhattan to drive up to the ranch. Jeffro, <laughs> like, and uh, you know, I mean, just chipping away, barely like, you know, one of the. So I get hit up a lot through social media. People want to learn how to skydive, and they're like, "What? What do you suggest to learn?" I want. I want to go. You know, I want to get my license or whatever. And I always suggest to them, I'm like, listen, um, if you can't afford like doing like 50 jumps <laughs> straight out the gates, like hold off another season, save a little extra money, get that all together because currency is everything. Everybody knows that, especially in the beginning phases, the stages of of skydiving. To, to really grasp and, and get all that new information and learning how to pack and all, you know, just so much information to like to take in. If you just chip away at it week by week by week, like, man, you're going to, it's, it's, you're going to, you're just, you know, showing up to, uh, what is that saying? Showing up to a gunfight with a knife. Pocket, pocket knife. Pocket knife. Yeah, bringing a knife to a gunfight. Bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's, you're just doing that. Like, so I always suggest like, hey, save up some extra dough. Get the time, get like a two week period of time and go and like get your B license in like three weeks, you know, and just like squeeze it all as tightly as you can in a shortest period of time possible. 
It's I, people who know me well enough know I'm an advocate for concentrated focused learning. Uh, Spaceland, who I who I work with a lot, we have an A in a week package program. But I regularly hear, and it's not a majority; it's just usually the loudest people are a minority. But I hear people talk about no, that's people can't learn that way. You're you're feeding them through a fire hose, and they're not going to retain that information. Uh, obviously, you don't agree with that. Oh, I totally just, I think you need to just completely immerse yourself in it. I, I don't think, you know, because you go, you, you, you leave the drop zone, you go back to school or whatever, and it's like, what did that dude say? You don't have, you're not with the community. It's not like, because in the beginning, you're not really like in the community yet. You know, you don't really have your skydiving posse yet. You know, it's not like, you're just not around. It's not like, well, maybe now it's a little bit different because when I started, it was before social media and before YouTube and before all that. So it's a little bit of a different perspective I might have, like where now you can just go on YouTube and kind of continuously like uh, educate yourself maybe. But I, I still, I think, immerse yourself because this isn't rocket science, right? A lot of it is just, it, it's not a fire hose of information like you're trying to learn, you know, calculus in a day, right? It's It's a different... And a lot of it's just muscle memory and, you know, just coordination and just little things. It's a lot of little things. I don't, and I think if you're just around it. Watching landings. Watching. Just, just watching landings. It. Yeah. That's a big one, I think. I think watching. That was, a, that was like one of the best ways I, I felt like I learned, too, is uh, Andy, Andy Farrington, one of his, when I first met him, I was like, man, we, you know. How do you do this and how do you do that? And one of the first things he ever told me was just like, man, just you know, you just watch and learn. Like you know, just watch the the big dogs. And that's it. You just watch, and I just watched them. I just sat at Eloy watched Airspeed land thousands of times. Team formation eight way team back in the day when like they would come in and do these super cool eight way landings. They would just take up the whole landing area. I was like, I just watch those guys. Yeah, watch and learn. But yeah, just, I don't think it's too much information. I, it's not like, it's not rocket science we're learning here. You know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> oh, what do you say? Say it, little It's blue. inappropriate. I'll say it offline later. <laughs> inappropriate. inappropriate. It's a belly flyer landing joke. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're all waiting. It. Let's hear yeah, it. Yeah, we're that's, kind of that's all. That's pretty much it. Is, he's saying he watched Airspeed Land, and I just wanted to make a joke about Jeffro learned to swoop from watching Belly Flyers Land. <laughs> there you go. You got plenty of examples Yo, of what not to do. They were the best Belly Flyers on the planet, though. They're great. And yeah. their landings are phenomenal. Their team, I mean, team landings are dope. Like, there are Belly Flyers, and then there's Airspeed. Those I'm are two you. different that's things. Awesome. That's, that's they were on a different point. level. I mean, they were on a different... This is like when... Except Thomas Hughes. He was just his own thing. <laughs> I, I didn't, but that was Thomas Hughes. Like, I'm, he's I'm airspeed way, way, way later. Oh, I'm, I'm right, just having fun right. with him. I'm talking, like, I'm talking like Jack Jeffries, Dan B.C., yeah. Kirk Verner, Craig Gerard. you know. Um, yeah, like, airspeed that when I walked... When Amy and Shimalecki and I pulled up to Eloy, Arizona in... 96 and there was this like team of like these like 10 dudes training because they were like two four-way teams with cameras so it was like 10 of them at the time and then i think they had alternates and then those guys were like badass but they had coaches they had like they're like they're like athletic trainers there and uh, they, airspeed was like a posse if you counted the packers and their trainers there was like 
there was like 18 of these people there just for them, you know, not counting like a pilot for the plane and stuff. That was like, that was, that was like a posse. They were badass. They've been, uh, They've been a dominant force for quite a long time, really, in formation skydiving. It's either going to be the Golden Knights or Airspeed. And it's been that way for longer than I can remember. Yeah. I've only been in the sport 22 years, not an extremely long time, uh, considering. Uh, do you know how long Airspeed's been around? I'm going to say 94, 95. I thought it was early, mid-90s. When I say early, 92, 93 at the early. It might have been. I, I started when I, I mean, I started skydiving in 95 and yeah. was at Tandem. So, I mean, I probably became airspeed aware in like 96 was really when I kind of learned about them. Were you born? <laughs> Is that when you were born? Oh, yeah. Uh, what year was it? Ninety-five. Yeah. Yeah. Just so you know, I am not old. I got. <laughs> I got. I decided the other day, like, yo, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I. I got like twenty more. I used to think like, oh, I got till forty. Like, I'm starting to think. I was just talking to Craig Gerard the other you day. You beat me by four seconds. And he's like, he's ten years older than me, and he's still just like. I don't have a microphone. A machine. <laughs> oh. When I when Justice, I when I just was like, I'm I'm going till I'm sixty. I'm gonna like I'm gonna. Yeah, doing this till I'm 60. Totally. Resveratrol. And yo, when I turn 60, I'm going to be like, yo, I'm going till I'm 80. Yo, I got a new freestyle trick. (laughs) You got a new freestyle trick coming? You got to plot your walker. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to need a walker. I'm going to still throw it out. Doing a blind man is going to be totally different (laughs) because you just won't have your sight anymore. Yeah, that's man. By then, though, I'll be the deaf man. That'll be my next trick because that's like, that's probably, I don't know about being blind, but six whoop. What? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Arizona airspeed began in 1994. Jack Jeffries, Mark Kirby, Kirk Werner, Dan BC, John Lemming. Johnny Mac. Yep. Is a man. I love Johnny. So what you really come up with a new freestyle trick? No. No, I don't have one. I mean, uh, you know what? The other day, that one, the very I don't consider variations really like new freestyle no. tricks. Combos and variations yeah. aren't really like new tricks. But it's it's sometimes different to see a combo put together. Yeah. Like basically yeah. that's a blind man to a miracle man. Uh one eighty, three sixty the other way, right? Yeah. That's a, that's a miracle man's a 360, right? Yeah. So really, it's blind yeah, so to miracle. So you go from backwards to backwards. It's a, that's a 360. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the, yeah, I mean, I guess that could be a, a new trick. I don't know. I just kind of see it more like a, a combination. No, it's a combination, but I'm just, just describing it. Okay, so thing. I invented a new, oh, I don't know. See, I can't say that anymore. No, no, I'm not saying you invented it. I'm not, no, I'm not I saying that. Because I don't know. Maybe somebody else did that somewhere. So you get to Eloy at some point in the late 90s. Yeah, with Amy, <laughs> what are you doing in Eloy now? Now, what's going on with Jeffro, the the former? Are you? Hold on, go back to art school for a second. I forget this. Yeah, I I learned this about you. I think in Chattanooga that you went to art school. Yeah, you went to art school. Yeah, I did four years school of visual arts in in New York, New York City. What is the school? What did you do in the school of visual arts? Finger painting. No, I <laughs> played with Play-Doh, finger painting, Eight coloring Play-Doh. books. No, um, I uh, man, so your I, experience there sounds a lot like the third grade. <laughs> <laughs> I did all that same stuff. Make <laughs> your advanced. No, I did. I, I degree, uh, bachelor's degree in fine arts. Um, okay, painting and drawing. Um, 
computer stuff too. It was like Photoshop, early Photoshop and Illustrator and all that. So like some computer graphic design. I, I finished with gra- graphic design degree or major. I'm sorry. Degree was Bachelor in Fine Arts. Uh, yeah. But it was very like very... I was always drawing as a kid cartoons and graffiti and my mom paints. I was always like painting, doing watercolors and uh, painting with acrylics and do I got you still into do oils and in college I got more into oil paint. Uh, no, but actually next weekend I'm doing a painting in Eloy at the Elemental Boogie. I can't wait. I can't really tell about it. But um, <laughs> I got you just did. No, I'm not. The details. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not going to tell you the details. <laughs> okay. But it's going to be fun. I actually just bought a bunch of paints and just picked up a bunch of gesso and mediums and all this stuff and i, I still got to go pick up a board i was i haven't because my car i couldn't fit i want a, a big board i want something pretty big I, I just don't have a large enough vehicle so I, I need to go pick that up or somebody needs to go pick it up for me hey if anybody's listening in eloy no with <laughs> <laughs> a big truck go to home depot pick up pick me up a big giant piece of plywood four by eight please <laughs> um how much art have you done? Is there a place where people can see what you've done? No, you know, it's all before social media. So like, uh, you know, one day I'll go back, I'll go home. I have all the original work mm-hmm. still um, at my mom's uh, in at her place in New York. And I hope she didn't throw it away yet. She like got rid of most of my stuff. Now, I don't think she would ever get rid of my artwork, but one day I'll definitely do that. I've thought about that. I need to, I need to just, Get some photos. I think I have like slides in my garage in Eloy. I have like a, a crate somewhere with like straight up slides when like that's how you photographed your artwork was slides. I I remember <laughs> days like that. Yeah. I have I had boxes of slides boxes from of yeah. slides. Yeah. I did, I couldn't do I'm not an artist at all. I can't draw a straight line with a ruler. So in college <laughs> photography class or uh, art classes I took photography. Nice. So that that was, and I actually was <laughs> I pretty decent you, at that. You just push a button. Awesome. I'm yeah. Asian. We take cameras, man. Oh. We're good with this stuff. <laughs> crick, 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 crick. I took photo. I did photo. I did some photography too. <laughs> I just never. I, I was not really into 3D stuff like sculpting. I I couldn't. My my brain just. I mean, I'm sure you could. You know, it's all trained. Everyone thinks like art is like, oh, it's talent. You're born with. It's just like everything else too. It's like you know, you have some talent, but. Really, in order to push past that part, you need to train yourself and develop skills and, you know, just train and, and practice, like, relentlessly to get good at anything. You know, it's not, like, something that, like, you're blessed with. So you, you, finish, you finish art school. I didn't like 3D stuff at all. You didn't like 3D? Like sculpting, no. Yeah. Listen to you. You, you, finish, you finish art school, and now you move to Eloy, or is there some time where you do something with this degree? No. Not saying you're nothing. not doing nothing. With it, but <laughs> I, yeah, I did something during. I mean, I, I had jobs. I was working for a graphic design company in New York, and I did some freelancing. I was painting murals. Um, I did a bunch of freelance murals, um, different businesses and stuff, different walls. Did that feel like where your life was going to go when you're doing those big paintings? Oh man, I thought that was it. I was a New York artist dream. You know, that was that was the dream for sure. And then skydiving was like, whoa, wait a second, time out. Okay, hey, Amy, let's just move out to go to Arizona for like a year, take a year off, and like, you know, just like do this for a year or so. And, and literally like I think a week after our gradu- we both graduated college, we hop in her car. She had a, it was a, 
it was like 250,000 miles on this thing already at the time. Toyota Corolla. We just loaded up. We got this like Big Mac on the top of the roof, one of those like luggage rack things, you know? And we just have this thing loaded up and we drive from New York to Arizona, show up with like a tent, you know? And like, I don't know, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks maybe at the most in my bank account. <laughs> and we're just like, yeah, let's do this. Let's just uh, hang here in Arizona. How many jumps do you have when you show up in Arizona? So I probably had about maybe 50 at the most. 50. 40. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a bold move for a B license holder. <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, I didn't it. even have my B license yet because I, I, I did it. my B license there at Eloy. So in the pool. Like, you know, you got to jump in the pool and they throw a parachute over your head. Brian Burke threw a parachute over my head. And he tried to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Does he know that? Does he remember that? I'm sure he does. Oh, we're just I'm I'm sure if we sat and talked about it. Yeah, he remembers me and Amy. <laughs> day one. How many jumps did Amy have? Oh, yeah, I know? think you two. We're about we're we're, about the we're same like experience neck to neck. Yeah, yeah. How old were you back then? Twenty one. I could imagine an energetic twenty one year old Jeffro standing out to Brian Burke. He'd remember you. No. <laughs> no. I think I was just like, head like, yeah. I had like dyed hair. I was like I was straight out of art school. I was like Wearing Jinko jeans and like dyed what hair. Jeans? Yeah, yeah you don't remember Jinko like fifty-eight centimeter bottoms, Take like just like ravers. Do you stuff. you never knew what Jinko jeans were? JNCO. No, the giant round Nerd legs alert. that cover your shoes and the huge. They make pockets. bell bottoms look like like yeah. tapered. No, I'm with you now. Legs. I'm 100 percent seeing like Simon, Simon. Oh yeah, 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 thanks yeah, Simon. yeah, thanks yeah, yeah. Simon. Simon Bones. Exactly. Yeah. Now I'm with you with a. You wore those. I did. I mean, still does. <laughs> Look at those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Got them on right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. Those are tights. He's wearing tights now. Jeggings. <laughs> totally <laughs> opposite. It's yeah. crazy, right? Have you pitched that idea to Lululemon yet? <laughs> <laughs> the Jinko stretchy Jinko. pants. No, seriously. Actually, they had they had a pair called the Kung Fu pants, and they were. I actually, of, dude. I w- yeah. I but they were nothing that big. They weren't even that big though. But they were like kind of sweatpants, big bottoms, kind of. A, I, I think Kung we should bring it back. The Kung Fu pants. Yeah. I had Oh, you had Jinkos too. Dude, everyone who was cool had Jinkos. Yeah, that's why DJ didn't have. Straight any. up, man, I yeah. wasn't cool. I'm all right. <laughs> dude, with you that. can have like six cans of spray paint in yeah. those back pockets. Dude, you are missing some <laughs> photos from your childhood that are blackmail material. <laughs> yeah, yeah. most nineties. Totally. I think Go I was living in beach communities at that point, so we just wore shorts all the time. I mean, till I was like boys. twenty-seven, it was Hawaii and San Diego, so that's I yeah. knew warm climates. Yeah, I was spoiled. See, that's what that. I dreamed about actually growing up in New York. I actually dreamed about the West. I was always like, I, you know, I was looking at Thrasher magazine and and Transworld, Transworld snowboarding. Uh, I started snowboarding at a really early age. Like, I mean, we were calling it like Burton boarding. We didn't even have. I mean, it wasn't even like there would be like one dude on the mountain with a snowboard. And I was like, yeah. Burton board. Because you just see the logo on the bottom. It was like, burn board. Whoa. I want to do that. 1989. Started snowboarding. Um, but yeah, no. That's... <laughs> sorry. Sometimes I like look at all three of you guys. Dude, I'm just, just like interested. And I was thinking, <laughs> fuck, I was three and he was snowboarding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going back thinking about, I remember when... when there were mountains you couldn't go to with a snowboard because they're like, totally. a lot of snowboarders here. Totally. Yeah, that, right? that shit still exists. There are a couple of resorts in Utah. Yeah, Utah. Utah is a well, because Utah, Valley, yeah, Utah, Deer bro. Valley and Alta, I think. I snowboarded don't. down Deer Valley. We all snowboarded down. We stayed there one, and we actually like ripped down it. Fuck the One puppies. run. 
We just took one run down and to your back. Never allowed so back. It was awesome. Fuck the ski patrol. They don't know shit. <laughs> 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 they didn't even care. They were like, yeah, we're not going to. They didn't even care that we went down the mountain on a snowboard. I think they were just never going to let us back on the chairlift. Right. So we had to have like someone. Yeah, I guess. Could they really stop you if you're hiking to the top? I guess it, maybe it's private property. Um, well, if it's a resort. Yeah. Well, we were staying at a house at the top. It was like crazy, actually. But let's not even talk. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just settle with fuck the police and we'll move on from there. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm friends with too many police officers nowadays. I'm like, no, dude, I, homies, man. I, uh, we have a good friend who's been on the show. Actually, his name's Josh Sherrard. He's a sergeant for the Galveston SWAT team. Captain, yeah. pardon me. Oh, and uh, man, he's such a nice guy and really, really changed my outlook on uh, on police officers. I think I, I, got, I got some SWAT homies out here. Harris County, I think. Like Harris, yeah. Is it Harris County? Yeah, yeah. Harris, Harris County. County. Yeah. No, I got some Harris County SWAT boys. But man, when the when all the police shootings were such a big deal, mm-hmm. man, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about what it must be like to be a cop. Of like totally. everywhere you show up, people are lying to you. Everyone's unhappy that you're there. Totally. And man, it's just got to be a rough life that really changes your perspective on what human beings are like, what people are like. Yeah. And then it's like couple that with now the social movement of like, yeah, fucking cops are killing everybody unjustly. It's like, yeah. man, if if every day you went to work. You were having to worry legitimately about people pulling out a gun and shooting bullets at you. I mean, yeah, you might not be the happiest person all the time, but it's like that's just their job. That's just what it involves: dealing with criminals, chasing down bad guys, and you know. And I think the stuff that we've seen on the news, and I guess, I mean, it's like super dude, skewed. You, you got like a few bad du- like dudes who who made really bad mistakes, and it's not the whole like it's not every cop, and it's not every dude on the you know it's like yeah let's not get too into this yeah i've never (laughs) i've never had a problem i say fuck the police as a joke i've never had a real problem with it i've fucked up i've made mistakes i've had to deal with cops but i've never had a problem with the way they've treated me i've been like this sucks yeah no thanks sorry most people just don't know how to talk to me i mean i get get pulled over all the time to be honest and like (laughs) I, I, i make friends with everybody i'm like they're like, no, no kidding. Like, seriously, I no. Uh, <laughs> you make friends time, with everybody. No, no. I actually was like, not long ago in New York. I was in New York and uh, drove down a one-way street because the street was being blocked. So I was just like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'm just gonna go over this way, and it was like totally chill. Lights came up. Like, he was in front of me. He's like, boop, 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 and I'm like, ah. And he's like, yeah, he pulled on. you over from in front of you, from in front oh, of me. I got pulled over from in front, and he waved me out. He's like, just he's just like waved me over to him. So I was like, really? I was like, all right. I just got out of my car, walked over to him, and, and we started. And no, I, I, she died. He was like, we started chatting, and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, wow, ah, you know, man. I was like, that was just blocked. So I was like, just look clean, look like a clear shot, just go right through here. And he's like, do I know you? And I was like, ah. Uh, no, no, no. He's like, yeah, I think I do. What do you do? You're like a athlete of some sort. <laughs> He's like, starts calling me out. I'm like, well, I mean, actually, maybe, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. I was like, uh, I'm trying to think, like, how would he know me? And he has, he's got his computer in his car, and he's like, what's your name? And he pops me into Google, and sure enough, like, a Wikipedia page pops up, Red Bull page pops up, all the stuff. He's like, next thing I know, we're just chit-chatting there for like 10 minutes. He's like, I don't know. It was awesome, but it was it was just like a funny twist to the whole thing. I'm gonna tr- tell that to a, a cop though. next time I get pulled over, dude. Just Google me. I didn't say that. <laughs> no. He said that. No. He asked me. But no, it just sounds like a good plan. <laughs> it could be. Google could. me, bro. But Damn. dude, just talk to you know, talk to them like they're just regular you know, normal dudes. Don't like 
you know, you see people just copping attitudes of people all the yeah, time. Yeah, there's like, people, right? Just relax, man. Just gonna start wearing a Red Bull hat and tell the cop I skydive. Then <laughs> I'm like, yeah. can I borrow your ID? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I have man. to shave. So you're, you show up uh, to Eloy with your 50 jumps. How long until... Oh, God. oh, Eloy, yeah, that's right. Until skydiving really started to to take off. Like, was it a pretty slow grind for you then? Oh, God, yeah. Like, I didn't know that this was going to... I. There was no... There wasn't even, like... There was no Red Bull. There was no Hollywood. There was none, there was none of this, these opportunities really existed yet. There was no social media yet, you know? So none of that stuff really existed. I mean... You know, best case scenario, you, you you became a competitive skydiving team like Airspeed. That was a cool thing back then. That was then, a right? cool thing, but there team. wasn't like any money in that. It wasn't like a career. Like most of these guys, you know, like like had jobs or like had work jobs, saved a bunch of money and were like just taking a few years off to like kind of pursue this thing. Or they just had like some family money or something. Like but I mean None of them were like really crushing it then, you know? I mean, from skydiving, it wasn't like, it wasn't really, it didn't seem like that you weren't doing it for that. You were doing it because you're just like, you love the sport and you just wanted to be at the drop zone every day, live, breathe, eat, skydiving. Like, literally living on ramen noodles because, not even exaggerating, like, I actually didn't eat live on ramen noodles. I just lived on Barilla pasta, which was almost equally as cheap. It was 59 cents a box of spaghetti, <laughs> you know, with, like, an occasional $2 jar of, like, cheap spaghetti sauce on there. And maybe you splurged and got, like, a thing of Parmesan cheese that lasted, like, two weeks, and you sprinkled that on there. <laughs> and literally, like, Ballin'. lunch and dinner pasta. You didn't do it for money. You didn't do it to be a Red Bull guy. You didn't do it to be anything. You just did it because you were just like, I want to be on the next. I want to be on the next load. That was what it was always like. I want to just want to be on the next load. I get, I get, you know, these emails all the time now, or not emails, but messages on, you know, like, dude, I want to do what you do. Oh my god. I'm like, oh yeah. I was like, oh sweet, yeah. How many jumps you got? They're like, oh, none. <laughs> I'm like, well. You don't even know if you'd like it. Like you like the idea of what I'm doing right now. Like you don't even know. Like like you need to go experience it a little bit. You might hate it. You might totally hate it. You might hate sitting at the drop zone for 10 hours a day to do 10 jumps for 10 years to get, you know, the experience or whatever. Like you might not even like it. Like so it was all just pure love for the sport and and not just the sport. I mean, the sport had the culture. You know, it was it was the love for the culture, and the culture was kind of like, you know, definitely a little bit more hippie style and um, living in tents or trailers and trucks and you know camping and just being outdoors and you know, tevas and hacky sacks. I I wasn't a teva guy though. Was Neither was I, guy. but they were all over the I DC. Like, I remember I was a skateboarder and I liked graffiti. Yeah, we yeah. did not we did not run around. I'm not saying you were, but they were all <laughs> over. They were, but yeah, I still yeah. thought that was like, I was like, dude, yeah, lose be. those Tevas, Tevas, bro. Still, even back then, I was like, get, you got to lose those Tevas. I was like, get yourself a pair of Jinkos, man. <laughs> 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 you might be cool. You got to get some Jinkos, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, do you remember your Heelys? Oh, yeah. I think you I had Heelys. Yeah, this is like actually. <laughs> yeah, landed on. Oh, the all right. I have seen that. Cool. But I would run around. I'd go to like you know Casa Grande and go to like food store and run around. At what age were you doing this? Oh, like this is like 
five years ago. Okay, <laughs> like cool, 10 years ago, even. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was hard to find a pair of size 12 Heelys, though. They're, they mostly sell them in, like, <laughs> size four, five, six. Like, really? little kid sizes. Yeah. <laughs> try, try to find a size 12. It, it's like... It's a special order item right there. Yeah. It's like, oh, we, we don't make those any ever. So you had been there for quite a while before they built the wind tunnel in Eloy. Yeah, yeah. How did uh, how did that change the game there? Oh my god. That changed the Well, that changed the game. That was a big big game changer actually. On on many levels. I mean, obviously just because it was all of a sudden it was a drop zone with a tunnel that you could really free fly well, the same as you could in in the air because it had so much power. It wasn't like Orlando or Paris Valley which you could free fly kind of, but it was like super slow and like all of a sudden, it was like, no, you could fly in the middle in a head-down position. But it changed the game on on a, a bunch of other levels, too, because that was around the time when uh, Steve Curtis, Omar Alhejlan, and Stefan Lip and myself decided to start Flight Club. Yeah. <laughs> Which I feel like Flight Club, nobody really knows about, but I... No. I feel like Flight Club was a game-changer to some degree to the sport. And it was like, we we kind of decided to make the sport, like make this company, well, for, there was the, the idea of Flight Club was a whole bunch of things. It was, it, was a, it was a company to resell tunnel time, kind of more or less, and tunnel coaching, and, and buy and sell and resell tunnel time. Um, it was also just a club. Right? It was like to just include anybody. Like, I'm Flight Club, you're Flight Club. You're Flight Club. Who's Flight Club? It was like some of our ads. We, we wanted to make it sexy, so we put these ads out, right? Like, and it was like, I remember we took these pictures. We just, it was like, it's the coolest thing. At the point, like, I was like, wow. I felt like it was the coolest thing we did up until that point that made me feel like cool, right? Because we went out into the desert. We were wearing like, Armani suits and shit. I don't know. I borrowed somebody. Like, I didn't have an Armani suit. Like, no way. I was, like, living in a trailer. <laughs> but borrowed a suit, and we went out, and it was after a rainstorm in the desert, so it just looks like a lake out there, you know? It's just, like, suit. It was, like, one of those n- crazy hardcore rainstorms in Eloy. And we went out, and we took all these pictures. Just, like, total, like, you know, rock band, like, album cover style photos out in the desert. And... We took ads, and you didn't see it. Like I never saw anything in parachutes like this before. That it was always like I was like, God, the graphic design was lame, and this was lame, and this is when Benjamin Ford teamed up with us. And you guys know Benji, right? Not personally, but yeah, I, I know okay. of him. Benji, he's, I mean, you open up a parachutes magazine, and it's like a Super lot of it's talented dude. Benji's ads now, right? Yeah. So this was kind of like Benji was really big at designer artist and. And he just started kind of skydiving around this time, and he was hanging out around us, and we were like, you know, all of a sudden, like we're kind of becoming like the, the, you know, the cool kids on the drop zone, and we decided to do this, and he just he, he kind of created this image for us, like this this rock star type image with cool logo, and and we were like, let's take out ads and parachutists, and we just took out ads and parachutists, and we we're just like, rock, it, it didn't sell anything, it was like Flight Club. It was like, it was like, what was it? And it was just like, and I remember we did like, 
six pages or something. Like we did like a full page ad and then we took column ads in the back and every like every page in the back, it was like you flipped and it was like, oh, there's Omar, there's Curtis, there's Stefan, there's me. You know, it was like we each had our yeah, own yeah. one and it had like stats on it and stuff. And it was just like, we were the first ones to do that. Like nobody was like trying to hype up athletes and parachutists yet as like athletes or rock stars or anything like that. And we just kind of like created that. We just kind of like, in, I mean, Benjamin really, I mean, it was like a lot of it was Benjamin. I mean, a lot of it was all of our ideas. We would sit around and we'd, we'd have these discussions in, in Omar's uh, house slash, I mean, double wide trailer basically. <laughs> like, you know, we're all living in trailers. Right. And we're sitting in Omar's place and we'd just be talking about this. Like, man, well, and we just kind of invented this thing. And it was cool. And I feel like that was all around the time of the wind tunnel showing up to Eloy. So it was like the wind tunnel, to me, was also a period of the birth of Flight Club. And, and that, was just, that was a game changer. You know, that was, that was really when you started to see the sport from the, you know, the image of it started to change. Like... You know, you open up uh, a magazine now and it, 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 the ads are, you know, just like cool looking, you know, and like there's a lot of like they highlight different skydivers and different athletes and different, you know, and it, it feels and looks more like a, a sport. Before that, it kind of felt like it felt like, uh, you know, and some people might feel this way still about parachutes. But man, if you think it was it's it's a, like a club magazine now, you should have seen it like 20 years ago. It was like a club circulation i wouldn't even call it a magazine it was like this thing that like they handed out like skydive club thing, yeah you know? the ads were more just pictures Super of generic. gear it was like uh, they were yeah. legit gear ads yeah. they showed the gear instead of you know like any sport you if i watch a nike commercial i'm not watching nikes i'm watching some i don't know who wears nikes anymore but michael jordan yeah. you're watching a dude marketing bro yeah, it was right. all of a sudden it was like marketing like yeah. this whole like market advertising came in i'm glad you bring this up because really this for me this is a very interesting conversation about you and yeah flight club for sure i remember you guys launching that i remember the complete ad series and it was so gangster. I remember awesome. me I and my it. friends checking it out, going like, look at what these dudes are doing. We had no clue what you were doing, but we wanted to be part of it. The logo, like like the head up flyer. You wanted yeah, to be I part did. of Flight Club. Yes, dude. 100%, dude. And you know what? Like Anybody so who fun. came and did any coaching with us yeah. or anything, you were, you were, you were Fight Club. Like, boom. Yeah. And we started taking ads out on students. And we we're like, you know what? We're going to make you the rock star next month. And it was like... Dude, it was like stats, like 49 jumps, you know, like <laughs> a license, you know, it was like, you know, one month it's like Omar, like 50 million gold medals and 10 million jumps. And then the next month it was like Billy Bob, 40 jumps, a license, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. and it was like, and but we're going to make him look good. It was like the same style, the same thing. We're like, dude, we're going to take your album cover rock star sh photo and put you in parachutes and i was like we did that for a little bit and then we we're like uh okay wait we still all live in trailers we don't have a lot of money and we're buying all these ads and parachutes and we're not really <laughs> making money from this stuff but it was just like something kind of cool to do at the time but so the sport changed a lot like that but then the tunnel also changed the sport in the skill level of flying i think that was like that was when all of a sudden i mean eloy if you weren't an eloy man, you were just like left in the dust because if you weren't able to go like throw down an hour tunnel time and go do 10 jumps in the same day, 
you couldn't keep up, you know? And it gave Eloy that edge, just like it gave Eloy that edge 10, 15 years before that when nobody had turbine engine aircraft. You know, now every drop zone has an otter or whatever. And, and it gave, Eloy had that edge in the beginning with turbines, and then now Eloy had that edge with the tunnel. And, you know, I mean, that's why Eloy pumped out so many, you know, world champion level, uh, a, you know, top level high-performing athletes in the sport. The year-round weather doesn't hurt either. I mean, the summer gets hot, <laughs> dust doubles, et cetera, but there's definitely a lot more jumpable days at Elo, Arizona than there are most DZs in the world. So true, for, true. for sure it helps. But no, that no doubt can't take away from what they've done with the facilities, uh, offering the aircraft, whatnot. It, it, they've been great. A lot of people want to get that rock star status. That was the cool thing about Flight Club is you promoted that rock star status. And something that... Most new jumpers who, who look around the sport look to guys like you, like Miles. You guys are rock stars. You're gods to these kids. And first of all, kids, don't look up to any of these guys, man. They're, they're just <laughs> a bunch of dudes having a good time, man. They're good people. Enjoy them. But, but they're, they're good guys. Become that guy yourself. And something you're well known for is being a Red Bull athlete. But inside the industry, something you're well known for is representing your sponsors well, representing brands well. Uh, you and I have kind of come together through one team, and that's the LB team. Uh, I know how highly they speak of you. I know how highly Kelly Farrington and, and Infinity will speak of you. What advice, how would you tell these young jumpers to get to these statuses and these relationships? Well, I mean, first, I mean, just jump, you know? <laughs> like, get yeah. some experience under your belt, you know? Don't jump the gun too much. I mean... You know, social media isn't, you know, just because you got like a bunch of followers. And, you know, I think, yeah, you know, it's different now with social media because some, but you know, in the sport, within the sport, within the industry, it doesn't matter if you have like 500,000 followers, right? That might work for, you know, getting some outside type sponsorship. Um, and you could just have 100 jumps and like wear bright clothing and get a picture of yourself in free fall with a, you know, can in your hand or whatever it is you're selling. And, you know, and they're going to love it because they don't know. But in, inside the sport, I mean, if you're really like looking to work within the sport, I mean, it's really, yeah, you need to get some experience. You need to get your name out there a little bit, whether it's, you know, through competitions or through being like a load organizer, traveling load organizer or whatever it is. But I think you need to get, gain some experience and get, gain some street cred in the sport somehow. And then, and then, you know, once you do, don't let that get to your head, right? Because guess what? There's... A bunch of other dudes just like you <laughs> trying to play the same game. We're, there's, you're not the only one with ten thousand jumps, right, or ten thousand, whatever it is. And don't let that get to your head, and um, don't feel like you're better than the next guy. And like, oh, well, I'm better than him, so I should get this, this, and that. And it's like, well, maybe, okay, maybe you are better than that guy, but you're not better than that guy at like understanding relationships and working with companies in the sport it's all about maintaining a relationship just like any relationship just like a friendship if you're my friend and you call me every time i see your name pop up on my phone and i just know like oh damn it dj's <laughs> calling me he's gonna ask me for a ride again <laughs> you know like oh he needs a, he needs about 100 bucks again like dude i'm not gonna answer the damn phone anymore you know it's a relationship. It's 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 a two-way street. It's a working relationship. You got to give honestly, you got to give more than what you get. 
right? It's part of the game. Like you have to give more than what you get. You're like, oh, you get free junk. You know, no, you don't get nothing. Like that always like drives me crazy. It's like, oh, you get free this, free that. It's like kind of, actually kind of not really. Nothing is free. Um, you have to, yeah, it's not, it's, it's a way better job than a lot of other jobs. I'll say that. Like yeah. I, there's a million jobs out there that I would hate doing and it's way better than that. And maybe it's better than your nine to five job and it looks easier because it's enjoyable and I, you, you, you can love it, but you know, basically it's, it's just a two way street. It's, it's, it's all about relationships and you have to nurture those relationships and um, give back as, as much as, more than, than what you, you get. And, you know, I mean, for example, I mean, we have a few <laughs> looking at this ad behind <laughs> me right here, actually. Like, and it's not just about like sending Infinity a picture so they can put it on their poster. And, you know, and like, oh, yeah, like that image is going to sell them parachute or that's going to sell Infinity. Infinity. You know what? You know how I sold made Infinity money? And how what I've done for them as like, this is, I mean, I was their second largest dealer one year, you know, that's what I did. It's like, didn't like, oh man, like me walking around the rig with a rig on my back, didn't sell it. No, me like sending in 60 order forms one season, or I think close to 60 order forms one season. That's what sold infinities. Yeah. Not me thinking I'm Jeffro swoop miracle man guy everyone's gonna buy an infinity because i have one that don't sell it and you, you know ain't, you ain't gotta so, be a dealer to sell it you can help out your dealers you can help by out helping them yeah. sell it yeah exactly yeah. there's other ways to do it too i mean totally yeah it doesn't mean you have to go be a dealer you can you can work with other people but i mean it's 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 find a way to work with sponsors build that relationship build that friendship and you know, and and I, I I didn't know any of this to be honest. LMB was my first sponsor in ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine for the Dust Devils. I I sent them an e an email, or yeah, sent them an email. I was like, did I send them a letter? I'm like postmarked and stuff. I was like, was it that long ago? No, it was an email. We did have email. I sent them an email, and it was we were going to the nationals, and I was like, you know, I did the like, hey, we're going to the nationals, blah 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 blah, like. Um, we're going to wear like your logo there. We're just going to be like L and B representing just you. And, and they were kind enough and don't expect this. Like, oh, I'm going to write a letter to a company and they're going to send me a bunch of stuff, but they were kind enough to be like, yeah, sure. And they sent us six pro tracks, two pro tracks for each of us, two pro tracks for miles, two for Steve Blinko and two for myself. And I was like, I, I was like, oh my God. They just sent us like free. He's like two hundred dollars each. Like, oh my god! Like, this is insane. I from that day, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep. These guys are my best friends. I'm gonna treat them like my best friends. I'm gonna write oh, to them. Oh, you didn't know. I'm gonna, I like, I'm gonna send them pictures. I'm gonna, yeah, just, yeah. But I wasn't thinking like a business guy out of it or anything like that. You know, I kind of like grew into that a little bit. But I didn't know any of it, and and. And that's what I did, you know, it was just like, it was a relationship, it was a friendship. I was so grateful that they stuck their neck out and did that, that I was like, I'm going to repay them as best as I could with whatever I was, I could at the time. 
And I put together like this is you know I remember putting together little like I sent them stuff like I remember taking photos and putting them on paper like I mean we had printers and stuff by then but I I remember like making this little pamphlet thing of photos and I sent it to them you know they're sitting in like now I know the the guy yeah, yeah it's yeah. like twenty years I've been with those dudes right. I know where they're at. I know they're sitting in their little office in Denmark, you know, like not at a drop zone, you know, kind of detached from it. And they're like hungry to see some stuff from the outside world, see what we're doing out there in the sport, you know, and and they were stoked to see this stuff. They were stoked. And and that was like the beginning of that relationship. And I took lessons learned from that. And I just, you know, and then I met George Galloway from Precision Precision. Aerodynamics and I made George my best friend, you know, and, um, and George, you know, George, that's where, that's where really things, George gave me my first kind of like real opportunities to start developing more and, and becoming more, you know, of like what a pro skydiver could work as. A good brand ambassador. Yeah. Outside of being like a Packer or a load or, you know, at the time, I mean, cause that's what it was Packer tandem video, you know, tandem video guy, you know, all those earlier jobs. Right. Like, yeah. Um, but you were mentioning those relationships though. And that's really what I was hoping you would hit on because w- as we've spoke over time, we, we always talk about how important those relationships are. And, and almost all my sponsors, I've just become really great friends with those. I haven't become great friends with. I'm still friends. We see each other. We hang out. Uh, a good example is, Jason Cook, I have not got as many opportunities to hang out with. Or we hang out, we'll have a dinner or whatever, and it's getting good to know him. But Kelly Farrington, he has turned into a homie, man. Just, I'll call him just to see what he's up to, just to let him talk about that little Scirocco of his, man. Oh, <laughs> God, he still has that thing, Yes, man. he does. <laughs> he took Nick for a little ride in that he thing, man. He took me zipping around that thing up in the canyon when it was all snowy with bald-ass nice. tires on his car. Has, has <laughs> it was scary, but, man, it was fun. So up in up in Oregon? Yeah. Yeah, I went up there nice. in uh, November. Did he let you drive it? No, no, I wouldn't even have dared to ask. Did he let you drive it? I we didn't I get I saw it. I didn't get to drive it. We uh Valerie and I different trip, Nick and, and myself up there. Valerie and I went up, hung out with him for a few hours one day and then took off. Valerie and I just did the whole chasing waterfalls. We saw like seven waterfalls in six days or something. Dope. So cool. TLC's wrong. Yeah, I thought waterfalls. I told you to stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to. No, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you're you're go snowflake. <laughs> Yo, I just, I just want to brag a little bit, but like Kelly lent me the Shrako once. That's oh, awesome. Yeah, That's awesome. I, he doesn't let. Like even his cousin Andy was like, "Yo, he doesn't let anybody drive that." Like, what did you do? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> so I'm going to ask to drive the Scirocco next time I'm in town. I'm going back sometime soon. So, <laughs> like, what, yo, dude, what, let me. What, a Scirocco? Scirocco. Scirocco. It's a Volkswagen. Like a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a lady's car. Yo, he, <laughs> this dude, he is put. I mean, the thing is way beyond Scirocco, though. That guy has put. Yeah. I don't even know much really about cars and what you could put into it, but he's put so much into that thing. Yeah, it's a much. It's a uh, old Volkswagen. It's uh, I say old. It's '90s. His is '90 mid '90s. Uh, very triangular, wet shaped car, said and done. <laughs> and it when we were in high school, it was the jam. Like either you were really cool or the biggest dork if you wanted one. <laughs> Kelly, I'll let you pick which one you are, buddy. 
Um, but he, he gets pulled over a lot too. I think, <laughs> dude, it's so amazing because he's such a mild, timid kind of personality, and then you get him in an airplane or a car, and bananas comes out, man. He just gets crazy with those things. But you you build these relationships with these people. You don't just you you don't you care about the gear because you appreciate that. But you care more about the friendships you build. That's I think what's gotten you further in life than anything. And in meeting you, Hank, uh, a good buddy of ours, introduced uh, the two of us seven eight years ago for the first time. And when I met you, I kind of was like. I don't know if I believe in this guy because you were so nice and you seem so genuine. It's when somebody's genuine, it's kind of like, is this guy really that nice or is he? I got my moments. We all do. <laughs> we all do. Uh, and every time I came across you, you just seem like one of the happiest guys I've met, man. What keeps you that happy? What keeps you that motivated? I mean, like I said, I have my moments for sure. <laughs> I struggle sometimes, you know, a lot. With like, I mean, just like, just human just like all of us yeah, you know? yeah ups and downs i don't know but thank you thank you for saying that. um i don't know you know the drop zone is a happy place it is my happy place so a lot of times you know you just see me in my happy place i'm gonna be pretty happy um and yeah it's treated me sports treated me very well um so there's a lot of love it's a big awesome loving community so there is a lot of love there but you know, definitely, definitely, you know, it's, it, yeah, you got ups and downs in life, so. Not always happy, like some people think, like, you they see me suddenly, like, you're not smiling. I'm like, I can't, like, yeah, I don't smile all the time. <laughs> like, it's, like, impossible to always smile. Like, you mm -hmm. just, yeah, I mean, on the drop zone. I struggle with that one is I'm a very outgoing personality. Jacob actually joked around hanging out with you and I one time. He's like, yeah, I'm with Jeffro and DJ. The conversation's done. <laughs> um, and when I just sit in the corner and just chill to be quiet and relax and recharge my battery, people are like, what's wrong? Nothing. Are you mad? No, man. I'm just chilling, bro. It is hard to be upbeat all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I think you would agree, Laura. You know him well. He's generally known as being a positive person, upbeat person. Yeah, yeah. She kind of laughs. E e e e <laughs> yeah, little blue. It's like you know why she's nicknamed little blue. No, actually, I don't. Well, when she was like, she was like sixteen years old, so she was little, and she had a blue jumpsuit. Little blue. Little blue. Oh yeah. Are you doing Roberta now? No, no, that's Jacob. Yeah. That's Jacob. Galzito. That's Gal oh Galzito. You said little blue. <laughs> With his little accent, yeah. <laughs> Who is Galzito? Like Good question. Good <laughs> little little buddy, <laughs> little buddy. Yeah, he was just our little buddy that lived in Eloy. Little friend. Um, Man, there's so many things I want to talk and share about with you. We, we've got to do this together again sometime. You, <laughs> you come in and out of Houston. Uh, but one thing I just kind of want to step into it and just mention is one of the things that I actually find most intriguing about what you do, and I've actually never asked you about, is movie stunts. Oh. What, you, you thought I was going somewhere else, didn't you? You were like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is funny. I mean, like, okay, I, it, this is, like, all about me. <laughs> I just feel like I'm just talking and talking and talking. No, you're the guest. That's the point. Yeah, it is. I know. I, sure I, you. I, I I've been thinking about this, though. I'm like, I'm like... I'm like, I want to ask you guys questions, but I'm like, wait, no, this is a show 
I am the guest. No, yeah, it's per- permission right. to talk okay. about yourself all you like, my friend. That's right. Yeah, and next time you're back on, if you flip the script and you start having conversations every other way, we have some of the most discombobulated, unconstructive conversations ever. You should have seen Tex on this show. Oh, my God. Dude, <laughs> Tex talks about the time he had to what take episode? I'm going to go back. I got to backtrack and look at that one. There's a, he was on a couple, but he had to, uh, for iFly, give a urine sample. Yeah. And, you know, pee in a cup. They drug test you. And he had to take a shit, apparently. And he took oh, a dump. A yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, he just took a dump. Oh. Well, it, but they locked it so you couldn't flush. No, he's he's in the bathroom doing he the piss test yeah. at, oh, at the facility, locked. right? Gotcha, yeah, and yeah. in this in this bathroom where you do the piss test, there's a, a fully functioning toilet, but it, do, it I mean it, it looks flush. like a fully functioning toilet, but it doesn't flush. They turn it off, yeah. Yeah, so it's not designed for someone to take a shit in this toilet. And awesome. Tex had to go. He was holding one in. There's a toilet. It's a logical thing to do. Makes sense to and me. And Apparently, you're not supposed to shit in this toilet because when the people who were administering the test found out he had shit in the toilet, it sounded like they threw a fucking party about it. Hey, Bill! Bill! <laughs> Bill, we got one! Bill, we got one! Oh, my God. You got to hear him tell the story, oh, though. Oh, man. Jo- Do you know what episode that was, Justin, for anyone that wants to go check it out, any more newer listeners? It's the first one. I can tell you that much. Yeah, it was the first, the first one I was in here for. It was the yeah. first time he was on the show. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, my God. Your laugh added so much to that story. So you too. should know the date. It was your AFF course. Holy shit. Yeah. So, Laura, first of all, eventually you're supposed to come back. I've asked you to be on the show. Obviously, you're comfortable with that idea now. Yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, next, time, next time you're around, flip the script, talk about whatever. Turn the subject any way you want. We don't have a lot of rules in this show. We just... Our well, big- you get me going. You ask me a question, and I just don't shut up because I just start ranting. You know, oh, that... Like, in my head, I have all these uh, Jeffro stories. I'm like, man, there's so many things to talk about. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> As we've well, been hanging out, time. I realized Jeffro is going to be one of my favorite guests because I love to push the button. Like, for you, we just hit play, and you just sit back and watch it go. Oh, God. You you need to get Miles in here. Oh, dude. it would. I don't know if this... <laughs> I could this, a break. Yeah, could this room contain Miles? No. I don't know if he can... <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't know. We have to put a wireless <laughs> mic on him and let him move around the house. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just take it to the drop zone, do like a live, do like Gravity Lab live. We'll just put walking mic packs and a hand gimbal chasing us around. Yeah. That's how it's going to work. That's it. Just <laughs> yeah. follow him for like 24 hours. Dude, that would, the, one of my favorite uh, MMA reporters, a guy named Ariel Hawani, does that every so often. Like an hour interview, he did it with John Jones walking through a park with wireless mics on and a guy walking with a camera. That would actually be something stupid and fun to do, man. Walk around the DZ with, with somebody and interview them. Nick, we got to figure that out. All right. But you know, you probably get a lot more interesting stuff. You know, it's just when you walk and talk, like, especially for guys, I think we like, we walk and t- we talk with our brains. Yeah, especially uh, a weather day on the, on the runway. You know, maybe it's just overcast, not too windy. We're still going to get good audio. Yeah, yeah. Not going to get hit by an airplane. Have you seen that Netflix gig, uh, Comedians in Car Getting Coffee? Yeah, I love it. Dude, it's what you just described. It's, they're not necessarily yeah. on a walk, but we it's fellas s- traveling about doing their thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we could just sit in the back of an empty otter that's on the ground. We skydivers in airplanes talking shit. Just walk around, <laughs> land wherever we land. Like land at Steven's house suddenly. He'd probably sure. kick us out. Probably wouldn't like that. Don't know until you try. No, no. We're getting, Steven, we're knocking on your door tomorrow morning, <laughs> 6 o'clock with cameras, buddy. Uh, Movie stunts. How did you get involved in that scene? Um, honestly, I I was like, I want to do movie stunts. Did you make a vision board? 
yeah, yeah, not not physically, not a physical. I do do that now. I, well, no, I've always had. We had a buddy. Th- the only reason I bring it up, we had a buddy who lied about having a vision board, and I was deeply hurt by it. Oh no! I actually I don't have a vision That's board, but I definitely have but like you keep pictures and notebooks and shit around, right? And journaling. I've I've always had like no. I mean, just as an artist, you know, you always have like sketchbooks and notebooks. So some of that came like really natural. I'm a little bit more obsessed with it now, with writing more and just like different types of writing and different types of journaling. But like writing and goes back many many years. And so were you writing about the goals to to do movie stuff? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I necessarily wrote that down, but I definitely like definitely put it out there hard out there into the universe like it was you know it wasn't like a such a discipline like oh, i'll write down like three affirmations every day you know whatever but i definitely was like i was i was i manifested it i wanted it so i was like i subconsciously was working towards that goal i think and i guess the Long story short, it would be Joe Jennings. Joe okay. Jennings was yeah, my was kind of like, I you know when I met Joe the first time I met him I just I just was like dude, you're awesome, and you do awesome stuff, and I want to do awesome stuff like that one day too, and he was like thanks man, <laughs> and I sent him a video of like me swooping and stuff and doing some like mountain flying like back when we were calling it speed riding <laughs> or not sorry we were calling it blade running I'm getting so good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like before speed riding before speed flying who was in blade runner is that wesley snipes blade running the oh movie? The movie yeah oh yeah, god movie. i don't remember oh i just wished i i was hoping he had something to do with it was it? I don't remember. But no, Blade Who Running was, was basically speed flying. Mm-hmm. And <coughs> I sent him a video, some swooping, some speed flying, uh, Blade Running, speed slash, speed flying. And I just told him that. And then, uh, you know, I saw him at Eloy a few times. And what's going on over there? Nothing. Sneaky messages. Don't worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> and, uh, and one day he hit me up and he was like, Harrison Ford is in Blade Runner? That's right. God, what am I? Th- That's right. Bl- Harrison Ford. That's right. Now I remember. Bring him on the next. Oh, I'm just thinking movie. about that shitty movie. Blade. Blade. I'm in. If yeah. he Blade. comes, I'm down. Yeah, you can come to that dope. one too. Blade, Blade is not shitty. Blade, yeah. Was dope. I that mean, was good. I it was that. really great. I especially liked Blade too, but whatever. Damn. <laughs> Blade was good. I agree with you. I like. I remember. I I don't remember it, but I remember liking it. But that's Wesley Snipes, right? He is a legit martial artist. So Justin doesn't have a microphone this week. If you guys have noticed him shouting from across the room, why wouldn't, I? Why wouldn't he shout? <laughs> so, did, did, what what was the first movie that you did work for? Um, the first it wasn't it wasn't a movie. So the first movie I did work for was I think it was Iron Man three. I haven't done too many movies. I did a lot more commercials and TV shows. Um, and the first one I did with Joe was, man, I can't remember what the first one was. Do you just have a funnest one of like a? I think Iron Man three was the most fun. It wasn't with Joe though. That one wasn't with Joe. Actually, one the Nvidia with Joe was 
pretty fun because I was just like riding a living room out of the back of a C-130 three times. Deploying a parachute, uh, like a 2,000 square foot parachute sitting on a living room set during a 2,000 square foot parachute deployment. like, And then just like sitting on a living room under a 2,000 square foot parachute flying around the desert as someone was like flying me via like like by remote control from the ground. That was really cool. <laughs> You're strapped into the living room? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you landed on... No, no, I jumped off. I did like a low exit off of it. Okay. I, oh, but, uh, but it was just it. me like sitting there playing video games oh. and, and Joe was flying around under his canop- under his parachute getting some outside shots and there was cameras mounted everywhere all over this living room. You just go NVIDIA, rule the living room, Google it. It's, yeah. it's an yeah. NVIDIA commercial. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. That was a fun one with Joe. Um, yeah, I did a bunch of stuff with Joe. And... But one of the most fun ones I did we did was Iron Man 3 because there was like 15 of us doing this movie for like a month. We were living in South Carolina or North Carolina. I always get what's Wilmington? Is that North, North Carolina. Carolina? Okay, yeah. North Carolina, Wilmington, North Carolina. We were living there for like a month together. I'm like, and like, you That's know, cool. every day you show up and we all like, you have your trailer with a star on it and your little room and, you know, catering every day and all that stuff. And it's just like, you know, second unit. So we were never like hanging out with, um, you know, famous uh, people, Robert Downey Jr. or, uh, was it Gwen, Gwyneth Paltrow? Who's in, I forget. See, I don't even know the actresses in it. Don't I, even know that. I think that's right. I think you're right. Cause we're totally like separate from all that stuff. What a super fun experience. It was like John and Andy and Luke and Clint. And uh, it's just like this massive, there's like 15 of us out there, Roberta. And, oh, man, so much fun. Um, that, was, that was a great, great time. We did all of our skydives. We did all of them with hidden rigs, all of them with no goggles, all of them with no altimeters, you know. <laughs> and we're like free fun. And it's like they all worked. They all worked yeah. great. Totally like like pulling like no one, nothing crazy. Like it just, it worked great. It was like, and we just every jump, it, you had to look like you were out of control, totally falling without, you know, it was because we were just like people falling out of Air Force that got sucked out of Air Force One, and, and you're just like flailing. What are you trying to about to get that flail to go? Like you just can't relax <laughs> the whole time, I'd imagine. You're just you're just acting it out. You're just flailing around. No, because you have to. You have Cause, to. Because I mean, I would just get. I would just start back flying. It's fly flailing though, because you have to like. I have to like be close to you, so I have to like fly in proximity to you, but like just like look <laughs> like I'm out of control at the same time. <laughs> Are you catching people's eyes while this is happening? Because I'm just imagining that situation right now. If we were actually doing that in the sky this close, I'd probably start giggling. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think we were giggling. No, okay. No. Everyone was in character. Yeah. yeah. That was so fun. I, I, I don't know. I picture it as an AFF examiner tumbling across the sky. I'm, I'm constantly spinning out of control. And there's time. Oh. I look at the video guy. But we're never catching a smile. But I am catching his eye going like, what's up, buddy? Look at this guy. He can't touch this. Um. What? Oh, Justin just flipped me off because I trained him as an AFF. Justin's instructor. also got your <laughs> your uh, living room commercial going on yeah, yeah. right oh, now. Nice. Also, <laughs> <laughs> Justin, I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing with the video guy. Yeah, it's like you. Yeah, th- thank you, buddy. I love you too. Um, damn it! Now I lost where I was at. It happens at least once a show. Um, at thirty days to shoot the Iron Man sky. It was a little, less than, a little less than that. Yeah, two weeks. 
Three. It was like three, weeks. three and some change. So what? Wh- how many skydives did you make for this? I. I don't remember. I, I knew this answer. <laughs> Did you average like two or three a day? Uh, sometimes, no, sometimes more. Sometimes he's like sat down and, you know, yeah. <sighs> I want to say like I may have made, we all made each about 50 or 60 jumps each maybe, I want to say. And there's uh, probably really, what, like, like I'm really 30 seconds right in the movie? <laughs> yeah, it's like ball? it's like a forty-five second clip, but we also did we also did the bottom end of it too. When um, some of the cable work, when we got when we were all crashing into the water, uh, they wanted they they the production was like you know this this second this whole scene would be awesome if you guys did everything from the door to the floor. Um, would you guys be down to do like? Some zip lines and smash into the water. Like yes, we're like yeah, totally. <laughs> so we did that part too, and that was like probably about a week of that. Too. Okay, so it was like a few weeks of skydiving plus a bunch of stuff we did on cables to you, crash into the water. Were you jumping at a drop zone in Wilmington? Yes. What drop zone were you at? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> like like a skydiving business. Like yeah, yeah. Like they closed the drop zone down and, for oh, us shit. to take over for. For the time, and what plane did they bring in for you? We had Billy Richards Otter from the ranch, nice. and Billy Richards himself flying it. Nice. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, cool. No, no, no. Air Force <laughs> One was totally photoshopped. <laughs> Man, it was taken at the time. Yeah, CGI. No, I uh, Nick turns into a pumpkin any time now. We're in an hour oh, past his normal man. kicking kicking out time. Dude. Uh, dude, I really appreciate having you here. I really appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, this weekend, uh, if you're hearing this, you're probably already hanging out with us. Karaoke fight night. That's why I'm here. Dude, that's why you're here. UFC 236, a bunch of fights, a bunch of people singing karaoke. Uh, the weather this weekend has some iffy moments. If uh, it's all iffy, we're going to have some like movies up. Uh, Sunshine yoga. Superman. Yoga. yoga. You're going to lead the yoga? You're going to throw some yoga down? Namaste. Namaste. Boom. So with Miss Laura Wagner, uh, we'll have some of that going on. We'll have some uh, Mario Kart on a big screen going on. You name it. We're just going to have a little bit of fun. Come hang out with us. Come jam. Uh, Nick, you got anything else you need to tell the people? Shirtless Jello Wrestling Fundraiser was one step closer to being a thing. Oh, my God. Jimmy Wynn and Brian Menard, your dreams have come true. We got to pick a charity. We have to pick a charity that makes sense. So, so someone hit me with an idea of what of a charity that might make sense for two dudes to be wrestling around wearing tiny underpants and wrestling in jello. By the know. way, for those of you who've not heard of it, it would be uh, Nick Law and Francisco Otero as our two wrestlers. And so. uh, Tex is going to be the referee. Oh, yes. Beautiful. No <laughs> one's wearing shirts, all right? No. Oh, I'll the have a whistle, though. Anything else you want to say besides whistle? Come jump. Space Hands Come jump. jump. Come jump, check it out. Uh, if you are not here this weekend at Spaceland Houston doing this gig, then what's wrong with you? Every now and then you can find L Dub out at Spaceland San Marcos. She also has been doing some organizing out there lately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So definitely make a jump with her one place or another. You're going to have a good time. Jeffro, anything you want to tell your friends and family? <sighs> Love you guys, man. Yes. I mean, seriously. Thank you. And I'm just looking at the weather here. I'm not spacing out on social media. I just wanted to see what the weather. But yeah, I love my family. I love my friends. Love you guys. And man, okay, yeah, tomorrow morning doesn't look that great. But there might be a window Yoga. in the afternoon, maybe at four, three o'clock. Man, we this is huge. And that forecast is never right. Yeah, Ooh, never. Most volatile weather ever. Uh, all right, show up, drop zone tomorrow, 8 a.m. You never know what's going to happen. White boy, you know what to do. 
Guys and gals, Gravity Lab Radio, Blue Skies Go Home. Wait, you're staying here. You can't leave. What's going on?